This is Hardcore Podcast. You just heard Haywire, the track Poser Disposer. We got pre-orders up right now, Days Style. Uh, after last week, you should already know how to get a hold of Lumpy and Days Style Records, but we'll have links as well. Austin Sparkman, man of many talents, many abilities, many bands, doing many things across the years, and he's brought another Boston Hardcore band up to the front so check out haywire it's gonna be a good episode tonight talk a lot about keystone jam which is only as of airing will be about a week away from keystone jam and um obviously it's a big deal for us get around um a lot of people we don't get to see or sometimes you know this might be the only time you see them all year got a couple of friends coming from Across the sea, no turning back. Some old friends like Ages of Man playing their first show. Not like they weren't around doing bulldoze and the train of thought stuff, but it's good to see them back doing Ages of Man. We talk all about that in this podcast. As I have my good friend, Richie Mancuso, Richie Crutch, godfather of Pennsylvania Hardcore on this one. Um, For me, with this whole Spotify rap thing, I um I I don't really have the best marketing plans or anything like that. Like, you know, this has always been like a DIY thing. But it is cool to see some of the stats. I, I didn't even get them until yesterday. So so far the top episode this year was episode one oh six, a round table discussion, which I was pretty shocked, but people liked it. Happy with that one. Um it was streamed 530% more than the average episode. I don't even know how that is uh, quantified, but cool, right? Um, the uptick on Spotify listeners was pretty high. Cool to see people stepping up and uh, checking it out. And a you know big shout out to Carl from Earth Crisis for coming on the show. He brought a lot of new listeners to the to the podcast. Thank you for that. Obviously, you know, um, United States is always going to be our top country, but 
kind of blew me away that we were streamed in 46 countries this year and that we got some new fans, listeners from Sweden, New Zealand. So also cool. Very cool. Um, thanks to everybody who shares to people, different episodes. Um, the biggest one all over, which is another odd one, but absolutely fucking awesome at the same time. The most shared episode was episode 122, Ty Dawson, a pain clinic. Great fucking episode. So I'm happy that so many people passed it around. Got people checking the shit out. Um, we had a top 10 podcast for 1,572 fans. We were the top five for 1,002 fans. And thank you to you 200 people who made me the number one podcast on your Spotify. And then, um, yeah, really, really just thankful to see that this stuff is still getting picked up and people are going back, checking out the old episodes. I Everything I do f- through the podcast is via, via SoundCloud, so I'm not really too up on the numbers that come from Spotify. So when I start seeing this stuff, I don't really know where it equates to. I'm sure somebody out there could you know, do something with it if they wanted to. I don't know. But uh, for me, just doing the podcast every week, not only is it, it's not a chore and it's not a task, but it's kind of like like a deal I made with you. If you're going to listen, I'll make sure it comes out. I know I had two slip-ups recently. This damn work sometimes fucks me up. And then there's day, there's weeks and days where I don't even know what day it is. And I'm, is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? You know, so um, I am lucky that I have people who are listening often and it means a lot. You know, I, I sit at this desk now that's covered in acrylic paint and markers and fucking unfinished products. And, you know, I do the show work from here as well. But, you know, all I'm doing is talking into a microphone. So I don't I don't see the end user, so to speak. So to know that there are people who are checking it out and are people that are still enjoying it after all this time makes me really happy. It makes me want to continue doing it. But again, the focus of this show is on the Keystone Jam me and Richie talking about length, so I'll leave it at that. Um, quickly, for those in the local area, Philly HC shows are doing pretty damn well. Got to admit, lots of cool, lots of cool shows we've had in the past. A lot of cool shows we have coming up. Um, Candy, Missing Link, and Lucy, in itself, would already be like a weird combo. But then when you add the fact that this is an Angel Dust show, I don't know if it evens out like, oh yeah, that would be the kind of opening bunch of bands for Angel Dust or if that just makes it more, you know, diverse or just kind of like all odd fellows together. But Saturday, December 9th, you're going to be able to check out all these bands at Underground Arts. Tickets are still on sale, you know, um... A lot of these younger kids are coming in. They 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 wait to the last minute to get their tickets. So don't wait to the last minute because you never know what could happen. But as of right now, there are still are tickets on sale, and um, it'll be good to check out um, the the crowd. Check out Lucy. I've never seen them. See Missing Link again. See Candy, and the always interesting and absolutely one of the most dynamically different bands from the band that like the guy's the most popular, Justice. This um, Angel Dust has been going on a long time. A um, couple years, couple, couple years after they got started, they had one of the craziest sets of this is hardcore. 
And that's when I was throwing that net around and catching people. It's fucking awesome. So it'd be cool to see Justice and Angel Dust and see what they got going on. Go check that out. And uh, because we're talking so much about Keystone Jam, I don't really need to get into it uh, further on this part or in this uh, segment. Um, our good buddy Greg is doing um, Saturday, January 20th. Death Threat, All Out War, 25 years of those who were crucified. Big Boy, Missing Link. This is a double day's record release bash. Both Bayway and Hold My Own. Odiame, Disguised, and on the second stage. Second stage. Pale Horse, Risk, and Tear Gas. This is going to be at Salty's Beach Bar. That's in Lake Como, New Jersey. It's all ages. Show's going to start at, um, doors are at 5, show's going to start at 6. From everything that I've seen from Death Threat, this might be one of the last shows for a while. Aaron's really been involved super deep with this pizza store. And, you know, obviously Death Threat's been doing a lot too. So, you know, he said after this, he's got to take some a lot of time off and really focus on the pizza store. So, get out there. Support Death Threat while you still can. Um, hopefully everybody went out to the Days of Future Past Instagram Clicked on and bought some of these shirts for the day style um, exclusive one week pre order. Help these um, help Lumpy and this girl out with the uh, insane medical bills that come from wanting to keep your uh, pets alive. All in all, a lot of cool shit. FYA is not that far away. Um, for those who didn't get tickets. I would be looking on the internet because people always give them away or, hey, if you want to buy my ticket, because everyone pressure buys because they're afraid it's going to sell out and then they forget that they got to pay for flights and they got to figure out where they're staying and then they buy the ticket, but then they can't commit. So don't give up if you haven't uh, found a ticket yet because usually towards the end of the year and especially the very first week of January, there's always people trying to let go of a ticket for whatever reason. But we'll be there. FYA, Whew, man, it's going to be fucking sick. Bob Wilson killed it once again. And um, for those of you out there who are excited about the next couple years of hardcore, you should be. There's a lot of cool shit, a lot of great new bands, a lot of new labels, a lot of new people stepping up. It's been a fantastic year for hardcore punk in the country and in the entire world, actually. Saw some videos that end it. Out there in Paris. That was fucking awesome. So, Hardcore's at a good place. And now you're going to hear me and Richie break some balls. I will also say, since it is, is officially happening, uh, right after I finish these words, we're going to actually get on the uh, mic together. And there will be a new episode of Rule of Three, barring any kind of technical difficulties on OG Jeff's side. But we're trying to record one tonight for y'all, which will probably come out sometime this weekend. But thank you for supporting this hardcore podcast. Thank you for supporting Philly Hardcore Shows, all the promoters that are involved in that. Hopefully we get to see you all at the Keystone Jam or just even at Angel Dust. All right. This one's going to be fucking fun. I had a blast talking to Richie. And let's fucking go. This is going to be a fun one tonight. We got the godfather of Pennsylvania Hardcore back. Richie, you know that you're one of the most requested guests on this podcast really wow that's great people will write and be like i really want you and richie to go back on and then also we get the rule of three all the time when's rule of three coming out again i'm asking when rule of three is coming out but between you and og forget it you guys got everything better to do 
you know, it's going to happen. We'll get, yeah. we'll get Gio and I'll text them right now as we do this. But, uh, tonight we, we wanted to link up and, uh, cause we got Keystone Jam coming up. Uh, the last week we talked to our, our, our mutual friend Lumpy and he was talking about the crutch record. So we got a lot to talk about, Rich. Yeah. Crutch record. And yeah, let's talk. I mean, we could go all over the place, but the main thing should be what's going on in less than two weeks. Dude, Keystone, Keystone and and with the twist this year with the tattoo stuff, right? Dude, it's. I think that that's an element that we should we we, not that everyone should do it, but I think that we can pull it off. There's a lot of really good tattooers we're friends with. How many tattooers do you walk across the room every time you're at Keystone? You're bumping yeah. into Joey Knuckles. You're jumping into Troy. You're jumping into Mike. They might just, as well just, tattoo while they're there. Yeah. Exactly. And check it out. Check this out. We should do this. Free pass for anyone who lets me tattoo them. Ooh. It would be my first tattoo ever. I'll warn you now. But I feel like I could do it really good. I don't know. I've got a feeling I'm, I'd be really good at it. Formally, if you want that, contact Joe. You get a free pass. Richie tattoos. Either Wisdom and Chains, Crutch, Mush Mouth, Box Cutter, or whatever else band I'm in, uh, uh, never ran, never will, whatever. One of those things I tattoo on you and you get a free pass if you're willing to do it. But it will be my first tattoo. Keep that in mind. I think it will be really good, though. One of your best tattoos. I don't know. We'll see. Dude, I'm telling you, I just texted G waiting here back. We'll get this rule of three rolling. Rule of three, baby. Um, For me, when it comes to hardcore tattoos, obviously they're very complimentary, but I've never seen something that could go as well as this. I know that there was that show of Crow Mags at the the place big place down in Philly a couple of years back. But I think I think we should take a swing in this. Uh, Mike had um hard times tattoo with the this is hardcore then a tent. People were getting nice little tattoos. I think I think for us we kind of were not missing the ball here, but by uh, implementing this element, you know, every year Chris does a little bit extra. He's got that tent outside, you know um little lounge in there chilling dude, yeah you just got extra room you know it's going to be a big show but you know people don't understand is you sometimes go to these rooms for these big shows and you got nowhere to go you got nowhere mm. to fucking it's butts the nuts there's no uh little side room when butts to nuts <laughs> butts the nuts is the funniest line uh, also bizarre enough there's another ufc landing a big ufc landing on the same weekend oh really yeah remember because uh, i know you uh Towards the end of that night, it gets a little crazy. But mm-hmm. I remember the last couple, there's always been big UFCs. Fuck, who's who's fighting in this one? Pulling it up again. Uh, Make some predictions. Any gamblers to... out there, take my word. SUFC, I was 100%. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to pull up which one it is. Oh, yeah, this is... Uh... Damn. This is uh this is uh they're just giving me the tickets right now. I'm trying to find the lineup. We don't want to go there. We just want to know who's fighting. Oh, here's the fight card. Leon Edwards and Colby Covington. Uh mm. I can't even say these guys' names. Oh, Colby Covington's a Trump the Trump guy. Yeah, he's a Trump boy, and he's, he's fighting like a, Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards, that, that's yo, Colby or Colby, whatever what's his name? Colby? Colby? Colby. 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 He's he's tough. He's like got a really good endurance, but he's like a little dick. You like want to see him get beat up, and even when he gets beat up, though, he acts like he's winning. He's got that good game. But he's a tough dude. But Leon Edwards is tough too. I think he's like an English brother or something. Leon Edwards. 
Yeah, they got this guy. I can't even say his fucking name. Alexander Padosha versus yeah, dude Brandon Royal. They both got uh, tattoos on one arm. So you Padosha know wins with a name like that versus the, the rich kid. You got this this um definitely hard named um you're you know the Eurasians where they're Asian bulls, but you know they're also like from the steep. Yeah. This dude Shavkat Rakamov versus wow. that, um Versus the Stephen uh, Stephen Thompson, you know him. He does the Wonder Boy kicks. Oh, that could be good. And then here's the crazy one: our boy Patty Pimlet and Tony Ferguson. <laughs> I like Patty Pimlet. He's entertaining. He just me up. But I always go with the American. Let's go, Tony. Yeah, but Patty. Then, Patty's good. He got the baby haircut, like the little baby haircut, like a beetle. He's like a beetle, blonde hair beetles. Yeah. Then there's this. Uh, um. Vincent Luque and Ian Machado Gary is that's a, that's a, not so bad, not too bad. There's a couple you know early prelims, yeah. Johns, but right when the show's getting hot, I notice you see Big Carl, you see Roscoe, you see a bunch of the dudes start sliding closer to where the food is because yeah. they're watching the big screen. Yeah, they're like the sports fanatics. Yeah, they gotta the jocks, be there. The, yeah, jocks the jocks of hardcore, you loser jocks, stay out of our scene, Eagle fans. <laughs> But check it out. Remember when we went to the UFC in Philly, our, our man Roger hooked it up. So shout out to Roger. When we uh when we last played Las Vegas punk rock bowling, Roger's like, you guys need a ride? So, yeah, sure. Picked us up from the airport in the UFC extended van. Stop. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. 100%. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And if we stuck around, we could have got a little tour of the facility. But, of course, we were in and out, you know. But that was a good time. That's been uh, that's been Wisdom's way lately. You've been getting flown in and out to a bunch of places to play. Like animals, bro. And my band is always like, uh, you know, whatever offer I get, I show the band. You guys want to do this? Here's the offer. And then they happen to say, okay, we'll do it, but we got to be in and out. So then I tell the promoter, we'll do it, but we got to be in and out. Then when the band sees the itinerary, they're like, yo, man, we don't have time to do anything. <laughs> you pussies. You should have said it and out. Yeah. But the last thing in Europe was literally in and out. Yo, we were shot. We were so tired. Explain and- the whole explain the whole deal. Cause uh our boy Martin Martin Martin, I don't know how he says it, uh yeah. from No Turning Back really does something special out there. And you've been lucky to play a couple of them, but this sounded like planes, trains, and automobiles with wisdom and chains and sunny hate five six. Yeah, it was uh Revolution Calling Fest in Eindhoven, Holland. And it's from what I hear, it's the biggest indoor festival of its style in Europe. Thousands, you know, thousands of people, this big three-stage facility. Every stage I saw, I was like, oh, so this must be the big stage. You're like, no, 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 this is the small room. Like, this is the small room. It's like 3,000 people can fit in this room. But uh, so he, you know, he asked us to do that a while ago. We said yes. We saw Cox Bar headlining. I mean, God, you know, forget it. Cox Bar with terror. That's like my two favorite shits, you know what I mean, in one joint. So anyway, we do the same thing in and out. We go, we leave my house in a, in a beautiful Poconos around twelve o'clock. Get to Philly. Our uh, we go to meet our friend Adam, who helps us out by taking our our vehicle off our hands, drops us off at the airport, so we don't have to pay for parking. Thank you very much. We That's see a Sunny. class act right there. Hundred percent, yeah. Sonny's now on our flight as well. I saw that in the itinerary. So we fly to from Philly to Dublin, and I'm going to make this observation. Philly Airport, I noticed this later on, but I'll go back to this. 
So from Philly to Dublin, from Dublin to Amsterdam, from Amsterdam, about a two-hour ride to Eindhoven. We get there the day we play. We left the day before. We play that night. At the end of the show that night, we're shuttled back to the back to a hotel by the airport because we have a six in the morning flight Jesus. back to Dublin, two hour layover Dublin, back to Philadelphia. So it was like 40 hours straight of being awake. It was rough. Who was and the yet, big complainer of the of the wisdom crew? Was it Luke? Um biggest complainer, probably me. Because <laughs> nobody was really complaining. Like, if nobody complains, then I'll complain. You know what I mean? Because I'll be like, oh, I got to try to rile everybody up. And then if somebody's complaining, then I'll gang up on them. I'll try to get everybody to gang up on them to act like they're the weak link. <laughs> so since nobody was complaining, I was trying to, you know. So I was. Yeah, you hold it down for everybody yeah. else. Everybody was tough, though. Very tough. Sonny was on a mission. He had his big ass bag. His backpack was humongous. He had a check-in. They lost my luggage, of course. Jesus. But anyway, ch- check this out. Dublin Airport, we land, we get off, guys playing the grand piano. It's quiet, beautiful, stores, shops, places to eat. Amsterdam Airport, immaculate marble, bathrooms, everything. We land back in Philly, flooded bathroom, shit on the wall, cops yep. screaming, move your fucking car, can't park here. The whole the whole luggage rack is broken. They got some some poor little black kid climbing down the thing to grab luggage and pull it out. I'm like America's like a third world country now we compared really are. to these places. Like, what is going on here? Like how do we let this happen? The Philly airport puts the least amount of money in the infrastructure. In fact, I know that because I worked there. We worked on them. Yeah. And we had to be there exactly where you guys would come off is where we were working. And when I tell you I seen the craziest, sketchiest, nastiest toilets I've seen in anywhere in America in those Disgusting. in that area. It, like yeah. literally, because they allow people in and it's a bizarre thing. 2009 and 10 we worked there and there's mad seats all over there was food inside now they're taking all the seats away because there's so many people are trying to sleep overnight in the airport wow. that are not they're not riding they're 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 as what's the new term houseless yeah they're houseless people who shit and and shit on the actual tile and piss all over they're all on drugs yeah, and, it was it, like it, that. The bathrooms were shit dude, was on the walls, bro. Like, dude, they up. just there's just a level of fuck you, and it's like, hey man, I get it, shit's rough for you, but don't go shit on the walls on everybody else. Like we we fucking we're just trying to get by too, brother. You ain't gonna fucking shit on yeah, the goddamn for real. wall, you psycho. And listen, if I if I'm like at the point where I got to use public restrooms as my regular thing, I'll try to keep them nice. I'm trying to stay off the radar here. Nah, but you they know don't what? Give a fuck. The way wisdom operates where we live, we tell every promoter when we have to fly. You could you could get us tickets either Philly, Nork, JFK, LaGuardia, any one of those. It's kind of the same for us, and they all suck. They're all rude. Every one of those airports, they got attitudes. They treat you like an animal. They fucking scream at you. Joe flipped off the last at the at Nork Airport going to Portland. He flipped the lady off. The lady took told him you don't need to put your hat in in the in the thing to go underneath the thing. He's like, oh sorry. She took the hat out and they crushed the hat with the box. And he's like, yo, you crushed my hat. She said, and she started laughing and high-fived the person she's working with over crushing his hat. And then I say, Joe, I see Joe all of a sudden go, motherfucker. And I'm like, damn, I don't see Joe get like that, man. Joe got all crazy. I said, what happened? He's like, that bitch. I was like, damn. They're just rude. They're fucking jerk-offs. Whoever their bosses are, the places are dirty and shot. 
America fucking these airports are going down the tubes. I, a lot of places are, but when you go overseas, you're kind of like, damn, why can't we have something nice? Why is everybody got to be a dickhead around here? Everybody in America has given up on one simple thing. There used to you see people in the back in the day, Saturday, Sunday, they clean outside the house. Mm-hmm. You know, people go to people do normal routine shit and they think about the next person. They think about the next person who's got to walk down this street. Who's going to do this? No one in America has time for anything besides them fucking selves. Yeah. And they don't give a fuck. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about residential people only. Uh, we're working by this post office. And it behooves me to say this because it's obviously a big deal and it makes a lot of American jobs. But this fucking post office people, they don't give a fuck about your mail if you don't already know that. And and, and society is kind of falling apart because name a job besides the kind of stuff that we do that pays people well. You know, like, yeah, yeah. the post office, they're, they're still charging like 1941 charges for stamps. And so they're they're on a shoestring budget to get anything. They're, all their buildings yeah. are fucked up. And it's completely a crazy villainized. One. They're com- like the people oh. villainize them. And you know what? Uh, on the plane, you know what I decided to watch? Back to the Future, right? Oh, shit. The OG? Classic, yeah. I was going to watch them all, but the thing wasn't long. I can't sleep on planes. I can't sleep almost anywhere. So anyway, I'm watching Back to the Future, and they have the one scene where they go get the gas when he goes back to the 50s, and six guys run out, and they're all nice, and they're cleaning the windows and pumping up the tires and checking the oil and smiling and being nice. Because like if, if you remember the first Back to the Future, his his town was like shot. It was like graffiti everywhere and, and, and just destroyed. And I was kind of thinking like, damn, man. That shit is like real. Like what happened to common courtesy, decency? Everybody's a dick now. I think it's kind of an East Coast thing because my wife from Salt Lake City and she says around here, she never saw such bad customer service. It, and it, I'm like, no one really? cares about their fucking huh. like, like to me, it was the... normal. But to an outsider, like, geez, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Well, you got to think about it is no one is getting paid enough to deal with some other assholes bullshit. Yeah, you watch these videos. The people throwing, you didn't give me my straw, so they start throwing soda and shit in the fucking. Or they try to like, like, look, man, they don't give you people a straw. Crazy. You, yeah, you don't have a fucking straw. You don't go ahead and start flipping the fuck out. And the thing is, is it's kind of like, well, we can't be draconian and put everybody in the stocks and throw apples at them. So yeah, people just can be an asshole, and the penalty is nothing. So it, it, it's like the golden rule. The golden rule is gone. No longer do we treat people the way we want to be treated. It's mm. fuck you. I'll do what I want. And what are you going to do about it? And that's and that's the and that's the people that are paid to do the work. The, also, the airport is a scam. They keep coming up with these new ways, these new they they sell these tickets. We just bought tickets for FYA. And it was nearly a scam. Like, oh, we're going to buy it. You know, and you can if you upcharge of this, you, they'll do everything they can to make more money off of every single thing you do. Yeah. It's insane. The package yeah, and, and sell your ticket twice. And like I said, like, all right, my, my luggage was lost. I still didn't get it back. A lot of expensive stuff in there, wow. you know, guitar gear, all of that. There was symbols in there, ton of records that I brought over to sell that couldn't sell. So that was lost. Then I see from other bands, that's getting snapped. You see that? Neck? Yeah. I saw end it. Right. And, and his whole neck, neck got snapped. I think Greg from Death Before Dishonor, his bass is just lost. 
you know, this like it's like, how is this so common to lose and destroy people's stuff? Like, isn't this something that a, an airline would want to fix because it's it's draining money for them? But no, no because, because they're not accountable need- for anything. Exactly. There's no repercussion that they fuck your shit up. And what are you gonna do? Well, I'm not gonna fly with you. They're like, well, the next guy's just as fucked up. Yeah. Just say don't. We sold your tickets three times already to somebody. Don't fly with us. These cocksuckers. These motherfuckers. And it was Aer Lingus I took that Irish airline. Uh, and the people were Irish. very nice. They're nice. Irish. Though, don't do anything with the Irish. Yeah, they're they're lackadaisical. They're lazy, forgetful, but they are usually very courteous and funny. Yeah, they're, they're like, nice to your face. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, they're yeah, they like a good story. This and that, they they could tell. Irish people could tell a great story. They're just they, they really can. Yeah, they're 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 those Can't type take of that people. Away. But if you got to rely on them for some good Fuck luck, no. Jesus Christ, these animals. No offense to to you, Joe. You know I know. Listen, you're what I, they call a narrow back. Have you did you hear that before? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Everybody I work with from Ireland calls Irish Americans narrow backs, meaning they're like the weaker form of them, like the. Like a generation, like when you when you tape the master to a cassette, it loses a generation. That's what the Irish American is. They're saying, <laughs> <laughs> "Fucked up, dude." That's good though. I like that. Um, let's talk about good things, not all bad things. Well, I mean, majorly, it's also as a blessing that wisdom for the many years that you guys have been around now are still being flown to play these awesome shows. Oh, this show itself was great. We couldn't ask for more. Everybody's nice to us. Great sing-alongs. It was almost like a hometown crowd, and uh, it's the first time we've been back to Europe since before the pandemic when we did Persistence Tour with Gorilla Biscuits, H2O, Agnostic Front, that great lineup. This is That's the first time we've been back. Man, we that... had, we, Yeah, we had a lot of offers, and this was the first one we could actually do. And it, Even though it was a rough trip, the show was great. The audience was great. So many friends that I haven't seen in so long, you know. But Terra killed it. Oh my gosh. Dude, Dude, you can't say enough about Terra right now. We were no. talking about it on the uh we even got uh Sunny in the convo, you know, because we got like to get an outsider in the convo because it's always inner band stuff, but what a ba- like what band can take the role of the greatest, most consistent hardcore band of all time? over terror if you're being honest with yourself you might like this band better or that band better but consistently great pure hardcore acts i can't think of any like there's they are yeah they're the one they are the singular they have in their timeline i mean you gotta figure it's 21 years yeah and they have this gift of still being perceived as a young band Right as the the younger band, two decades yeah. in the game, and they're still the young band somehow. But it's they have that energy. They have they they have the songs, and the most important key thing, well, besides great releases, which is you know that's you got to have good songs. You have to have good releases, but their live play has just never took a step down from the beginning till now. You know it just. Every time I see them, just like fuck, these dudes get better and better. The releases get better and better. You know, it's so you know always so impressed by those dudes. It's all Vogel. Vogel's incredible, incredible front man. He's relentless and he never takes no for an answer from the audience. You notice that? Never Dude, takes no. No, he he's he's the 
if you were trying to make a prototype, if you were like going to put this AI situation into play, yeah, you would take all of the attributes of Scott Vogel. Yeah, that's for the archetype. Man. Yeah, for and he could be the guy. He could be like, oh, the guy at Foot Locker was real helpful. Oh, it was Scott Vogel. Oh, the yeah. guy that pumped my gas was real helpful. Oh, it's Scott Vogel. He he doesn't look like this guy that should thrive on stage, but he does. You know what I mean? And just as a totally normal person, which is key and what I always loved about hardcore, I want to see a band on stage that is dressed like they would at the dinner table for Thanksgiving. You know, nothing crazy, you know, no need for a mohawk, no need for a leather jacket. You know, not that I don't like that stuff, but I'm just saying that's that's the kind of music I like. That's the kind of hardcore I like. Vogel is is key to it all, of course. You know, but as a guitar player, you got to give, you know, you got to give props to the riffs and the songs and all that. I mean, you got to figure out, as I said before, they're the Justice League. Yeah. Like anytime some, um, they had to get rid of a member, a member couldn't work with them no more, boom. You're out. They just, well, no, even better. They just call up, they call up the horn, send the next, send the next candidate in. Yeah. Who's next? Oh, that guy won't work. We'll make him work. Yeah. Boom. Next. You know what happened to the bass player Dave? Is he still straight edge? The old bass player, um, from Virginia. To my knowledge, I heard that he, he might not be. I, to my knowledge, I know he's off doing some wildly cool shit, but I, I have no what sober though. I I see I follow him on the internet. He does some wild shit, but uh, I don't know anything about. Actually, you know what? I'm thinking about the wrong guy. I actually don't know if the dude you're talking about now is straight edge. Fuck, I I was I was conflating that of? the bull who who's also from Richmond, from down to nothing, but the dude who was in TUI. Oh no, the dude that's down to nothing but the singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we're, we're I was switched up. Am I saying the I, wrong name? No, no. I'm conflating two okay. people because I'm getting old and stupid. You broke my heart, Dave. You broke my heart. Hey, listen, man. I, d- if it's way, true, if it's true. <laughs> It's hard, One day man. I'll be the last straight edge dude on the planet. That's my goal. I don't to think watch so. all of you fade away. I just celebrated 24 years of straight edge, brother. All right, 25 is good, and then you could retire and you leave <laughs> me to the mountaintop. No way. Oh shit. The guy I grow this. I'm growing I'm growing this thing. I'm growing this thing all the way out, ZZ Top style and OG style. Wow. Going all out. What's that got to do with straight edge? I don't understand. Growing a beard out. What's that? I'm just saying, it's gonna come that's like with a, it. That's that's like a football fan. So my team's winning. I'm not shaving until it, it, it is bad luck. <laughs> but yeah, terror's the shit, and uh, they played. The whole event was dope. Revolution calling people from all over the world. A lot of American people coming, just chilling. Well, you know, I mean that the, the American Fest, and I'm guilty of it too. You get jammed into the same sixteen bands. Yeah, it's and hard, it's man. and it's extras. So when there's also Europe, does just Europe was the original, all awesome place for fest. I mean, look at what you guys did with the Dynamo stuff and everything you guys did way back then. You know, like Europe has always been the big yeah. place for the tour for the tours. They always had the better tours for American bands, but they just they do festivals at a level that now um, the big music industry of America. Is finally trying to implement that in America, where like every city's got their own little fest, not hardcore stuff, yeah. just their own fest, because they see not only the money, they see what goes on and how how it like it really just generates interest for people to go to something. It doesn't matter what the music is; they have them all over. 
But European Hardcore Fest has just got a bigger budget because those people are ingrained to go to a festival. They're just psyched. And, you know, a, a more, um, what would be the term used for a young, ignorant person? What would you use? Young, ignorant person. I don't know. An asshole. When I was young and ignorant and a young asshole, yeah, I, I didn't enjoy the European Hardcore Fest as much. Oh, okay. Because it was a lot of humans who really didn't know anything about hardcore. And I was mm. kind of like, well, why are they fucking here? And now I'm like, if this gets people into the fucking room, the show gets bigger, the lineup gets bigger, put the whole fucking earth on this motherfucker. As long as the shit's cool, they're supporting the bands and my friends get to play, I- I'm about it. I went, I went, yeah. um, I-, I went a 180 on it because I used to be like, oh, this is why the- it's a lot of people drunk and chain smoking and they don't know who the fuck, but just partied out because Europe's like that. And-, and in fact, you know, Revolution Calling, if you ask me, hey, you got to go to one festival that's like top tier like that, that's the one they would want to go to right now yeah. from from America. For you the know, music like, we like, yeah. Because I remember the first fest I've ever witnessed as a band was with Crutch and it was with Full Force. Wow, and the year yeah, we played, yeah, it was old school, maybe 97, 98. And the year we played in the one stage headlining was Slayer. So we were like stoked to be playing with Slayer because in the States we'd have no chance of ever playing with Slayer. But also uh, Rob Halford's band at the time was playing Fight. Dropkick Murphys were playing and we were just like, what the hell is going on over here that they could set up a show like this, you know, but you'd have a lot of like weird old metal bands that we would never cross paths with. Like Revolution Calling is kind of like it's kind of like my Spotify playlist, you know, Bishop Green on it with Death Before Dishonor. How did his voice sound? How did Bishop Green voice sound live? Very good. It sounded Did it sound high pitch or did it sound like rougher? Well, it did sound rougher, but it's, I, it's he does have a naturally high-pitched voice. It's like a distinct voice, but it did sound rougher because he's pushing through it live. You know, it's like there's no punching. But he sound, they sounded, as a band, they just sounded dope, you know. I really enjoyed the EP, but the higher-pitched vocals are a little bit harder for me to deal with. Mm. But that that first EP was is still something I put on. Like, yeah. it's, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, they were dope, They you know. And it was like, you know, it was more of a straight up, like, hardcore oi fest where, you know, the bigger festivals, the outdoor ones, you know, I'm not I'm not really interested in seeing, I don't know, the Deftones or, you know, nothing against that. I just don't know anything about that kind of shit or Slipknot or shit like that. But this is just like straight up like the kind of music I would listen to across the board. It was a, it was a great fest and uh, highly recommended. And we had a great time. Thanks to everyone who was, who was very nice to us while we played. And uh, especially Greg from Death Before Dishonor, who loaned me his wireless, which was lost in my luggage. Jesus. So he saved the day. So this way I could jump around, do my flips, you know, and get a little wild. So that was good. But let's get back to the U.S. of A. And uh, I know a lot of people want to hear what me and Joe have to. We, we should solve the problem, what's going on right now in Palestine and Israel. People come to people like me and Joe for... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Wow, what a crazy situation the world was in. First, a war between two European countries, Russia and Ukraine, and now this oh, unbelievable, like, okay, there's always been a conflict, Palestine and Israel, but now an official old school 
World War II style leveling of a city. You know, it, it's it's just it's it's a crazy time to live in, man. It's crazy. Dude, and, I'm telling uh, you that I've never thought I would see something exactly like this. That's just it's un, yeah. it's unbelievable. I did read some shit that the uh, one of those uh, Russian areas, the Donetsk, yeah. the Russians now just finally took control of that or some shit. Oh yeah. I just really, you know what I don't like, Donbass. You mean the Donbass? No, no, there's, there's two of them. There's Donetsk okay. and Donbass. There's two okay. of them. And I just read this shit, and it's really stuff that, it, the, in the big, the big scheme geopolitically, yeah, great that we, um, that we get to see this chaos unfold. But I, until America is where we need to be, I'm over. I'm over any human being. Uh, being good with us sending billions across the countries yeah. for wars, man. I'm over it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm over it because of exactly what we talked about. The airports, our bridges, our roads, our schools, you know, the yeah. infrastructure here sucks. Uh, I'm going to sidetrack us. Do you, do you remember that movie, uh, Big um, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, I don't remember. I, I know I saw it, but yeah. I so the whole deal it. is that they, the guy wants to get rid of the Toontown and put the freeway through it. Mm-hmm. That specific plot is the uh, is a real life thing that happened with the motor companies and the tire companies and the oil companies, where they use shell companies and bought up the small little trolleys and all the little like the little stations so they could expand the inter- interstate highway system. And that's the reason why America doesn't have more european style long distance trains somebody made a, a loop a couple years ago and it got popular in the last couple of weeks again on twitter and all the instagrams and it's basically a triangular loop that could hit you all the way out to detroit all the way up to ontario all the way to boston in a simple train loop and it would but it would have crippled the uh northeast air industry because people just get on a fucking train mm-hmm but there's a lot of things that America does poorly because of special interest and this stuff. And really, it, it sickens me to see the people who were screaming about World War II. Uh, this is gonna be he's gonna start World War Three. We're gonna the whole world's gonna end. And, mm. and they're just good with supplying billions that are borrowed from a country that wants to, you know, that is a major our major first competitor. We're yeah. borrowing money from them to give to somebody else to have a war. And at this point, anyone who can rationalize why I- I'm in disagreement with, because there's a lot of shitty things going on in America. And it's sad to see the world and the wo- the world wars slowly starting to unfold. I saw some wild shit being said from the one of the Egyptian parliament people. I've seen a lot of stuff on the internet. And I- it just says to me that, Everything we talked about earlier, but the the goodwill of people, the ability to work together. There's something going on, not just in America, but all over the world. Things are really getting a little harebrained and a little erratic. And I have to say that it has to be part of like a post-traumatic, post-pandemic anxieties and chaos mm-hmm. that are helping to fuel all this shit, man. Like... People were laid dormant. People, you know, assets were lost. Different things happened. And people are getting pent the fuck up. And it's a weird time. And I say all this because it ties into what we're going to talk about next is hardcore is one of the few things 
And I'm sure in the next couple of years, we're going to have a couple kids get on stage and they're going to make Sonny proud and say some goofy shit for five minutes and everyone's going to clap for them. But, you know, like the things that we've invested ourselves in that aren't our families and our jobs are these bands, are these shows, are these fests, are these records, are these podcasts, because this is our outlet. Mm. And it's a weird time. It's a weird time in the world. And I'm glad we still have outlets that allow us to kind of not have to dwell on this as much as we could. Yeah, for real. Let me tell you what President Mancuso would do right now if I was president. But, of course, before I even say that, you know there will never be an Italian-American president in this racist country. But anyway, for the situation with Ukraine and Russia, President Mancuso says this. Ukraine, you were attacked. We acknowledge that. We will do everything in our power to help you negotiate peace immediately. If you're not willing to sit down at the table, we cannot help. If we're legitimately negotiating peace and we can't get Russia to agree, financially we will help you. But the first option is we have to try to negotiate peace for the benefit of all the civilians. In the case of Israel, Palestine. Israel, of course, you've been our ally for a long time. One of our only friends in that region. There's a lot of hatred towards America from that region, some for good reason, some just indoctrination, let's be honest. But we are willing to help you hunt down and destroy Hamas. If you take that route, we pledge complete help, including manpower money, intelligence, everything you need. If you choose to indiscriminately bomb, we have to bow out. We can't be part of that. We can't, the citizens of America cannot in good conscience finance that sort of effort. That's what Mancuso president says. Everybody feel free to write me in. Feel free to write me in. We're putting you up on a ticket. That's the way to go. Mancuso 2024. See how simple? Now, imagine if a president said something like that, like more eloquently than me, of course, but just letting you know that we're first priority is civilians on any side not getting murdered. That's our first priority. That's what we want to strive for. If we can't do that. And in the case of Russia, you know, because they did, they, they took, you know, we could say we could trail it back. Why? Why? 40, 50 years But the case is they decided to send tanks and people in there first and set it off. But I think legitimately, if we and the international community forced negotiation and said that was our priority, did we hear the Biden administration once say, we want peace there? We want to help negotiate peace. They won't even mention it. So know that uh, Lindsey Graham said this is the best money we ever spent. Exactly. Exactly. Which is psychotic. He wants to see dead Russians. He Lindsey Graham said it's dead Russians. We're paying for dead Russians. And uh listen, the Russians we're seeing dead are Russians that are, are like us. They're working class, simple people that are dragged into situations that they don't even understand why really. Like, you know, it's just but there's no intent or push for peace by any of the so called grown-ups in the international community on either side of those conflicts and it's fucking crazy it really is there's a bloodlust and it, it makes no sense man and yeah. it's like 
the worst time you can ask for that after everything that everyone's been through, you know, um, it's just not the time. No one wants, no one besides the industrial uh, military complex and the people that they pay money to in, in our government, which is satanic that Americans all subscribe knowing that they are fucked, that we don't have term limits, that these people make money on the stock market. That guy, uh, Josh Hawley posted a um, put an amendment or do a bill to eliminate that, and it got turned down. And it's like, well, there's people, there's people on both sides of the aisle that think that there shouldn't be this kind of gambling and making money from decisions made at the Congress level, mm-hmm. and yet America's so checked out, dude. Thirty years ago, forty years ago, people would have flipped the fuck out over way less than this. Yeah, we've got. I bet you. I bet you. If you talk to a lot of people, you know, they wouldn't even understand that. That's how a lot of our sitting Congress people and senators make money. I bet they wouldn't even. They would assume. I bet a lot of people would assume it's illegal for them to be involved with that. At one point, it was. They just stopped. And they wrote the. They wrote their own law, so it wasn't legal. They said that the. um, Now this brings it back. Who do you vote for in twenty twenty four? RFK. RFK Jr. RFK Jr. Or the ones that uh, the QAnon people say JFK Jr. He's coming back. He's still alive somewhere. <laughs> not that going. All the RFK shots. Jr. RFK Jr. Not even. And if he don't, and if he ends up not making it through to the to the major ticket, then I don't vote. I'm over it. You can't vote. I I can't in good conscience vote for either. I, I would I would vote. There's a whole thing about what comes from independent. Um, parties if they mm-hmm. get to, I think it's twelve percent. Might it, it's a number around there because they were talking about it for the Bernie case. At certain point, that a there, I, I might pull it up just to be on the right side of things. Do the but, pull up method. Yeah, the uh, independent party percentage. There was a whole thing where they could get um, x amount of votes. Mm-hmm. what it would do and it would really change it would really change a lot of things because like, can't pull essentially is i remember it was somewhere around like 12 percent, and, and that's the thing is where if you register as a uh, democrat or republican then you can vote in the primaries which is yeah. the leading up to it they've already said that they're not running anyone in the prime in the in the leading up to it in the prelims against Biden. And this is the fallout of the Bernie Sanders lawsuit where they sued the DNC and the DNC lawyer said, we never said we had to allow anybody to run. It's not legal. It's their rules. Yeah. All we have to do is present a candidate for the general election. Mm. So they, they're, they're going to run with Biden, which is a disaster. Which was the reason RFK left the party because they wouldn't even consider him. him. Yeah, they wouldn't even put them on a ballot, which is in, insane. If that's what your people, a, a large portion of people in your party want, you don't even give them the option. But no. then again, this is the administration that says, if you don't f- vote for me, you ain't black. So it seems they know, yeah, they know better than everybody who should be a Democrat and who shouldn't, you know, I guess. But I do like RFK. He's villainized. His voice is rough. It's hard to listen to the guy. I get it. He's got. I that. just went on a whole tantrum at the tattoo, uh, a tantrum at the tattoo shop where I was like, "This Stephen Hawkins, he typed in 
whatever voice he wanted. Yeah. Are you going to tell me Elon and the AI people can't go ahead and get this man a vet, a better like voice? Should get he, him the Darth Vader voice or uh, whatever he I mean, talks. Dude, anything, anything but what he's got because vaccines he says, are bad. <laughs> ah, my favorite thing is, um, I've altered the deal. Pray I don't alter any further. Yeah, <laughs> we're Hard. we're to set up we're to set up an empire. I've altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> like, <that's> hard. <laughs> imagine going into a ba- imagine going into the uh, get paid by a promoter and he says, "I've altered the deal." That that happened to me at This Is Hardcore once. Ah, no, never, this never. This Joe's like, I altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Yo, RFK though, that's I like that dude. If, if he talks about anything, you get a sense. Oh wow, he's a smart guy. He knows. He broke down once the the uh how the laws that change the uh the way that media news media is ran and how in the during the Reagan administration a bunch of Christian lobbyists who wanted to start a news network knew that the present laws wouldn't be good for them because the current law back then was whatever side you had you had to give the alternative side if it was opinion. And, of course, they wouldn't want an atheist the same amount of time on their news station or a Satanist even. So it was the they lobbied uh, Ronald Reagan after he won. He changed the laws and basically eventually it would turn news stations into like fake news stations that had, you know, hidden agenda behind them, but legally can do so. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Where at one time. There was strict laws against this and strict laws against monopolizing radio stations, newspapers, television, news stations, and someone could only own three at most. RFK broke it down, the dates, when it happened, who was behind it, blah, blah, blah. It's something I never even knew about. And I bet if you talk to any other candidate, they wouldn't know anything about it. They would just like windbag their way through it like they all do. And uh, supposedly, though, he has enough backing where RFK can get on the debates if Trump or Biden would even show up to a debate at this point, which I doubt they would, but he could get into the uh, the debate as a third party. Nah, no, no question. There's not going to be much that they're going to be able to do against him because he's been spitting this shit. He said in 2016, Barack Obama uh, made it possible that the CIA could finally use propaganda against Americans. Apparently yeah. until that point. And when he said that, I was like, this motherfucker, this motherfucker. And he said, he said how it was done and the names yeah. of the, of the, uh, the bills or the procedures that were changed. Yeah. And you know, he just knows a lot of shit. The dude's smart. And you know, I mean, what, what candidate will you like a hundred percent? Nobody. No, no. That's one. insane. Unless Bill Maher ran for president. I, Bill Maher is one dude. I always say, man, I like Lately, he said some stuff that I'm not on complete board with. But for the most part, I like what Bill Maher says. But anyway, you're not going to like anybody 100%. But you're, this guy is very close to what I'm feeling. And uh, does he have a shot? Probably not. But I can't vote for fucking Donald Clown Trump. No. I can't vote for Joe Biden and his goofy son who's trying to shake people down by using his daddy's name. Any normal person would resign over something like that. This is with Biden, it's like nothing. 
Oh, your son is getting millions of dollars by saying daddy has to get a piece. My daddy, the president or my daddy, the vice president could could really help you in this situation. But he's got to get a taste. He's got to wet his beak. And it's not even like newsworthy. Not to mention, you know, if the kid's a, a drug addict and a nutbag, you know, whatever, that's his life. But saying shit like that, like, come on, bro. Biden, listen, you're an is... old fucking sucker. Time to move on. You play too many games. And this, uh, this, you, you're going to sink the ship. This Nixon didn't even do a quarter. He didn't even close to like that. And he resigned. Anybody was resigned before Trump, before Trump set this new standard of say whatever you want. And and when it's time to cooperate, just say, fuck it, I don't cooperate, because that's most of what the government has done throughout the years. It's just simple cooperation, like standard ritualistic stuff where, okay, now it's time for you to leave. This one comes on. Okay, you said this. Goodbye. Now you. But Trump changed everything. Now, nobody knows what's going to happen next. And. A normal in normal times, Biden would be forced to resign over something like this, but now it's 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 nothing. And there's a ton of other crappy stuff that he's pulling. Not to mention he's you know doesn't know what the fuck is going on. He's falling. Honestly, over the place. it's sad. I mean, they made a whole Chevy Chase made a whole career early in early SNL making fun of Jerry Ford trip, and it's not nice to see someone yeah, as a late up. septuagenarian era who's stammering and it's like that it it says a lot about where we're at in america yeah where they won't let people in there like you know jfk was the youngest president and if you look at how old he was it's like you know yeah i mean but that's the prime of the life that's where he can and he now got you have smoked co- well i mean got because he wanted smoked he wanted to get rid of the cia he wanted wow. to pull everybody out of vietnam you know he said he's gonna just think of the story this guy, RFK Jr., his uncle, the president of the United States, one of the most beloved figures in American history, smoked. To this day, people people know inside what happened, but it's it's just it's not allowed to be said. Trump said he'd expose it. He'd show it. Obama said he'd show the, the documents. He didn't show it. Nobody will show these documents. Now his, his the nephew of that man and the son of another famous, beloved politician who was also assassinated is coming during one of our most trying times. It's like, is this, it's oh, almost and they like won't a, give a, him and a they scripted still won't, movie. They still won't give him a Secret Service uh, detail. Security, yeah. Psychotic. That's pretty odd. Yeah, just, just the fact alone of the family history, be like, even if he was like a, a nutbag and no, he had no back, which, you know, he doesn't. He's like, a, a, a you know, a legitimate contender. But even if he was a nobody, but he was running, Considering the family history, you throw them a couple Fazuls and a couple couple dudes to protect them, but they won't even do that. Crazy times, man. And just remember, everyone, at Keystone Jam, me and Joe will have our security detail with us. So if you want autographs from Joe or, or myself or anyone else, please be, you know, cautious. We don't. We would hate to see our security rough you up, but what has to be done has to be done. Do not approach us quickly. And do not look us in the eye at the event, please. Right? I did it the wrong way. <laughs> what do you did? What the wrong way? What are you talking about? Like this, John. What? I can't see it. What the fuck is it? It makes these noise. I don't hear none. Damn! You don't hear the crickets. Now you got to edit that in. I don't hear shit. Damn! Damn! <laughs> Might just be on my side. Who knows? 
<laughs> but Joe, who Joe, who's who's playing? Let's get back to the show. This is getting crazy. This is getting fucked. I'm getting so mad right now. <laughs> we need you ramped up because that's when you're on high point, right? Mm. I'm getting so fucking mad. So again, to for those not um hip to this, Keystone Jam started almost 10 years ago at Club Reverb. And it was a way to do the things that I do along with what Chris Mahmood does in the room that Chris Mahmood has created. He is in the top 100 independently owned venues in the entire country. Wow, you understand this? Absolutely. Makes a list. Holy mackerel. Chris Mahmood has been doing Pennsylvania hardcore shows. I remember going out to Reading. I want to say we were going out very fucking early to the top of the rock shows they were doing mm. early Mushmouth. He was doing fire hall shows even up to like 1998 or yeah. 1997. He was doing fire hall shows. We went out for all war one time after top of the rock kind of fell apart. Chris Mahmood's been in the game a long time and he in 08, he did the first East Coast Tsunami. And then by 2010, he became owner of Club Reverb, which is in Reading, Pennsylvania. Reading, Pennsylvania actually had some of the first shows for some of these bands like Integrity in uh, Club Unisound, which is um, just a couple blocks away from Reading, uh, from, from Reverb, rather. And so it's a central location if you're a Pennsylvania hardcore person because the Quakertown people, the Harrisburg people, even the people that come all the way out from Altoona, it's a centrally located town, city. You know, Philly, it's, Philly people are such babies. They don't want to drive nowhere, but it's not that far of a drive. It's not even 50 fucking miles. Um, the Stroudsburg people come down. It's a central located place for an awesome fucking show with PA hardcore bands and friends from all over. And... uh this one really elevated itself in the sense that we've been we've been rolling pretty good since the the end of the pandemic. This is our third straight since the pandemic years. Some return bands, some new bands, and for me, Richie and Chris, this is a way not only to have fun with our our own bands and our own friends, but to get together before the holidays and just have a good time. Uh, I remember you. I, I say this every time when I talk about this, but you remember the kid with the, the Santa Claus outfit, Steve Patasio. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and then year he takes his life. You know, there's a lot of it's a lot of hardcore people that don't have this family thing. You know, this is what they do. Yeah, it is. It's very important. It's it's a it's that time of year, and uh, yo, it's uh, it's an event. You know, and, and if you just come out and just like Chris has this club that's so enjoyable and laid back, where the bouncers are the scene people. You know, and it's just like it's 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 that kind of vibe. You just come out and you have fun. You could like one band on a bill or no bands on a bill. You're gonna see a hundred people that you know and love from all over the place that you don't get to see too often, and it's gonna be beautiful background music and a lot of tattoo gun noises. I hate that sound; it makes me nauseous when, it, especially when it's digging in my skin. And it's like it goes, it's like, and then it digging in it like, like when you got a heavy handed dude. But anyway, it's gonna be. Just a good time. And uh, Shadow Realms playing. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Shadow Realms on taking over the world again, baby. Coming back strong. <laughs> what I need from you is verify that um, we don't, we never really, uh, it's always like, yo, does the Shadow Realm want to play? Or yo, you guys should play. It's never like, oh, we got to, we got to be on this bill. But it, it does work out well. And honestly, the last, 
anytime we played the reverb shows, in fact, Club Reverb in um, 2018 was the first time Shattered Realm played under that name in years. Mm. And so we did Tsunami. It, and um, you know what else, Richie? Mm. We're the only band that I know in the last five years or so who played after Knock Loose and had a better set. Whoa, damn. Do you remember, the, remember that they played before yeah, us? That is a and problem. I had a bunch of people. They were like, yo, uh, it's Knock Loose. I'm like, I know people like them. We yeah. took care of it. We took care of them. Yeah. We yeah, held it down. True. Knock Loose just blew the fuck up. But yeah, that was that was a killer set. You guys always sound tremendous there, man. It's it that it's the club. It's not us. You should nah, it's not you. What are you talking about? <laughs> but no, who Yo, what stand out? Who you want to see? Who you excited? I know you uh you went out of your way to get Agents of Man down here. Had to. I think um yeah, people you're probably who, excited about that, right? Yeah, because you know, um as we last year we had the Bulldoze show. Kevin Passing put Puda, who was the bass player from Bulldoze and the singer of Ages of Man and singer trainer, put him in the Bulldoze seat. But those guys have been ripping with bands for so many fucking years. Agents had that one time where they were rolling. And when it started falling apart, it was a bum out because I think today's hardcore scene would fuck with Ages of Man a whole lot harder than 20 years ago. Yeah, I think so. And so when they were kind of seeing, they're not seeing the end of Bulldoze. But they're kind of like, hey, you know, we have other bands. Like they just they did New York. They did two different shows with Train of Thought. They did a um show in um Dingbats, and then they did a show in the city with um Train of Thought. And they got this is the first show back for Ages of Man. And people love the young kids are now really digging into the crates. They know what Ages of Man is. So this is their time to shine. And I think because of Fury and Crutch and Mab, the the whole bill. It's kind of like an extra topping. Like, how would you not have it on there, considering all the other bands yeah. on there? You know, like real dope edition, definitely. No, it's 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 again, it's the first time you're going to see Ages of Man play. It's for me. I think that they are in the kind of they're finally in a room where they're not going to be able to stick out, and because it's East Coast people. Yeah, you know, we said Pennsylvania, but people come from all over. The Jersey people come. The New York people come. Maryland comes up. It's it's a really good vibe. Baltimore's of pretty close to Reading, actually. Yeah. Fucking right. I mean, yeah. I, I was making a joke on the Lila episode where York PA has more Raven fans than fucking Baltimore does. Yeah, for real. You know, so uh, yeah, ages for me. I love that record. I love the EP. Um, I think that they are an unsung band, but because of the nature of when they came out. But these young kids are hip to it, and with the bulldoze stuff and the train of thought stuff, I'm glad to see agents doing it. You know what is also a cool twist since we were talking about Revolution Calling is No Turning Back, Dude, a European band that, you know, the European bands, they got so many dope bands, but they don't get over here that often. But uh, this band, how long have they been around now? They've been around. 97, I want to say. He's been around wow. a long time. That's that's fucking serious, bro. And they killed it also at the, at the Revolution Calling, but... I saw their who they putting some out with. Is it is it uh triple B? Like I saw they, they I think they made it to triple B. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, man. Because they, they got some new stuff out. But yeah, they're playing. So you got this band from Holland coming over to rock. So you can't just you can't make us look like suckers over here. You gotta represent. You're gonna see me and Joe stage diving and going crazy and fucking doing horseshoes or whatever they call it. And uh it's gonna who else we got? Fucking I can't oh combust. Like combust. For the newer bands, that's one of my faves. I love Combust. They are the band. Yeah. They are the band that took the best elements of the pure classic 
87, 86 New York hardcore when it started getting that little bit raw, a little bit metallic. Yeah. You know, um, great vocals, dude. He just, it's, it's awesome to see in a, in a, in a world where young kids will also talk about stuff like knock loose where so many young kids are hip to a band that sounds more like outburst and killing time and, yeah. you know, breakdown. It's cool to see a, an actual hardcore band getting the love from the young kids. Yeah, they and they killed it at a revolution calling as well. They were there. You rose, yeah. they know. Yeah, yeah. Combust. Who else we got on this motherfucker? That's uh, the opening band. I um is that Raw Life again? Oh, it's nice. your boy. That's your boy Kyle's band and my boy Tony yeah. O from Shadow Row. Kyle from uh, the once great. What was Kyle's best band? When he played Life in punishment. Less. Lifeless. When he played oh, in punishment. Wow, <laughs> when he played in punishment and was like. These riffs aren't that good. He said that. Ah, oh, they, they. You would have thought what that. A you hater. know, dude, ha- hater. Literally, he said it's not tuned low enough. Yeah, it's no crowbar. <laughs> Bro, um, I'm gonna bring the flyer up because you got it up and I don't. I'm going off the top of the head and you're reading. Um, it. It's not fair. Oh, fool's um, game. We got Clemo. Well, this is the question: Will Clemo have a black eye the day of the show? Or hopefully, won't... he's he he deserves. No, one. don't say that. This oh, this Clemo's got to come clean. Clemo, come clean. Come clean, Clemo. Clemo come come clean. Clean. Say that five light. times fast. Clemo, come Clemo, <laughs> Clemo, come clean. Say that f- five times fast. Clemo comes clean. Clemo, <laughs> that's hard, bro. One. That's the new tongue twister. The fucking 2023. Clemo, come clean. Fuck. Uh, I, the best thing he did with his life was become a um, apprentice in the cement masons this year. That's good though. That's good. You know, man. I work. Up. I, I work with him every day. He's he's actually as far as an apprentice goes. He's. He's a lot better as an apprentice than he is as a front man. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's a good front man, though. He's a better apprentice. The, I always had a five-word slogan that all concrete workers around the country, concrete companies, unions, should should put on their shirts. I won't copyright it. Concrete, it's what men do. Done. Concrete, it's what men do. You got to have that comma there. Concrete, comma. It's what men do. I wanted to make a shirt for the Christmas party we're having tomorrow for the cement masons. That would have been a good one. There's an old guy who says, Birdhouse, shithouse, white house. It's gotta be good. <laughs> yeah, I like that's good too. Birdhouse, shithouse, white house. Gotta I don't care good. if it's a birdhouse, a shit house, or the white house, man. It's gotta be gotta good. Gotta be good. <laughs> that's a man who takes pride in his work. Dude, don't give a fuck. Then I'm thinking, like, what do you get your trowel in the little birdhouse? <laughs> How do you do yeah, that? Yeah, birdhouse finishing a birdhouse would be hard. You need like one of the the slickers that the brickies use for the joints. Yeah. So uh, this as a sanity, they pl- opened Manball's uh, tour uh, earlier this year. I'm seeing their name everywhere. Yeah, they uh, they opened for the Reverb when it was uh, it was that Manball Pain of Truth. And the sanity is really heavy, really aggressive. Got a real big like a Zeus. They didn't go to Zeus, but they got like Zeus Light level that production. style. Yeah, wow, Zeus nice. Light. Uh, Yo, James, well, where are they from exactly? James Lucy. James Alucio is Alucio. I can't say the Italian's names right, but he's a wow. uh, he's a Long Island head, and his band is mostly North Carolina. Oh, really? Yeah, he's nice. been in bands forever, forever. That's some combo, North yeah, Carolina yeah. to Long Island. He found he had a little North Carolina, North Carolina gumad, and you know, then he ended up being oh, down there. So, my man. <laughs> yeah, so it just ended up working out like that. But this band, they get big numbers on the Spotify. Um, people seem to like them. They're one of these bands where. 
if the right things happen for them, they could blow up in the heavier sense of things. Oh, uh, very, very polished, very heavy sound. But when I say polished heavy, I don't mean like you're going to see the big scrims and the white lights behind them and they're going to look goofy with like standing on the boards. They're a hardcore band. They're just a heavier, more polished sounding, moshier band. Now, will they ever be called EOS or will it always be Ends of Sanity? I was I was trying to in my head because I know end of sanity, end of sanity doesn't feel right. End of sanity, you know. But I mean, I'm sure in the play of words, it's probably easiest to be called ends of sanity because EOS, you know. Oh, it's ends like E N D S. This is the ends of sanity. Oh, hmm, interesting. Let's go EOS. EOS then. Uh, Speaking of uh, awesome fucking band. You want to talk about you want to talk about hometown advantage? This D block set at that coldest life set was fucking insane. Yeah, that's the band right there, dude. D block. And I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm at the age where I was like, I, I might want to. Now nah, I'm not up front during D block. I'll watch from the side. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, like, you were side swiping. They call that nowadays. You swi- side yeah, swiping. Over I there. was side swiping. I didn't even want to be on stage. I was like in the crowd for a second. And I saw the I call uh, the the scrum up front. I'm like, yeah. Now nah, I'm good on the side. I, I'm not involved in this. And this some of these a... young kids are fucking animals, especially Dude, that... these Midwest young kids. They're all fucking steroid heads. You can't even Dude, go near them. The, the singer looks like he took the the back end of a truck. You know, like what holds like the whole tire and all. Yeah. And he yeah. just lifts that. Just takes it off a truck and just lifts it. Yeah, he's monster. like Drago's son's training partner or something. Dude, just a monster. Um. I got it. We talked about Fool's Game. We talked about Kabus. The best accent in hardcore currently goes to BG a risk. Risk, yeah. He does not sound American in America. No, fucking. It's really thick <laughs> and almost, it's got like a medieval vibe in that motherfucker, too, <laughs> right? Like yeah. he sounds like Wima from Knuckle Dust. <laughs> <You just> don't... <laughs> <laughs> wow. I got to he... see him last week. I love, his... I love when he says shit on the mic. Because yeah. even no, the Europeans barely know English as it is. Yeah. But he's like, "Oh, I was everybody. You saw coming." Weema, what a guy, bro! What a fucking guy! But All the, the full... knuckle dust was there, by the way. Oh, I love them dudes. But uh, risk is dope. Risk is you can't you can't front on risk. And don't forget, yo, wait, hold yeah, pull it, up, pull it up, pull it up, pull it up. Where's this at? Right here. Look at this. Boom. Who gives you that flavor, son? Ah, uh, look at that. Fool's Game Risk Split 7-inch. Available now on Never Ran, Never Will Records. They will be available live in person at the distro Both table. Both of them were playing. Both, Both of these of guys them. are playing the same show. When is that is Peanut happen? Butter and Jelly. Saturday, December 16th. You don't ever see Split 7-inch bands play together. Never see that. But it's Peanut Butter and Jelly today. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, We talked about No Turning Back. I, kn- I saw a record for them coming out in 2000, but I, I remember them earlier on because Rit to Life was always like, like no, turn it back. Let's like, like, you'd see them written on his shit that he would write. Yeah. Um, we talked about this agents. Honestly, the, the one of the longest running, never broke up bands in Pennsylvania hardcore history. Strength for a reason. Strength for a reason. If anyway. that was a trivia question, I would get it. Yeah. Incredible lifespan, incredible attitude, right? And the attitude was really from, the the spirit that your front man exudes and big Carl's spirit is unmatched. And he's a lover of the scene of the people in the scene of the music, the bands having them play anything is always fun because it adds a positive energy. There's bands that say positive shit, but then there's bands that live it It's strength for a reason, a singer, like, you know, the whole band. Yeah. Having them on here is like a, 
a no-brainer because look at the lineup. Like a lot of these bands would have been playing together 20 years ago and they're mixed with the bands of today that would have been in that, you know, in that cloth of 20 years ago, you know? So the young ones of this era with the old ones just fucking this is a beautiful hardcore is crazy, bro. It's a beautiful fucking crazy thing. I'm about to fucking cry right now. Dude, I'm telling you, it, it we just did this strength for reason with all at war. Mm. And I had like this brotherhood hang with them guys. Mm. And it was like just talking about family life and stuff, like hardcore, the the whole gang of them guys are just like cut from the same cloth of just real goodness. Yeah. The yeah. kind of the kind of people that they saw someone on the side of the road, they're gonna get out and help. Like they're just awesome, good human beings, and the band is still fucking solid. Still yeah, live fucking solid. too. Live just always a good time. Um, I will. I will. I'm gonna make a first ever prediction. This is the last time you're gonna see Shattered Realm not playing what would be considered new material. What do you mean? Why? Got some new stuff in the works. The pipeline is opening. So you're saying it won't be no new material this time? What are you saying? This is this is this is you're we've been playing a set really for the moshers and the moshers enjoy it. Um I thought that we were gonna have a so so set at the Detroit thing and we we uh we really had something that I thought was wasn't gonna happen anymore because we didn't have as they say, you guys gotta get newer material. We've heard that a bunch. Mm-hmm. And that cold as life set really was something special to just to be a part of that night. But the set and the reaction we got from the kids more so was anything, which made me excited that the kids still like the old stuff. But uh, the next time after we play this, unless there's something where someone's like, hey, can you guys jump on or there's something like that. Mm-hmm. The next time after Keystone, you're going to you're going to see you're going to see us at least dabbling live mm-hmm. with some of the new stuff that's in the pot. Nice. Something to look forward to. I like it. I like it at that. The ball, the ball is rolling. The ball is rolling, and because of the Shattered Rum shows that we played at Reverb, and the shows that we've gotten to play in places like Florida, and, you know, and even when we went to Manchester, it's in, rejuvenated the idea to actually try to create more songs. Fuck yeah, beautiful. So this is this this is a um, this set is straight up for the Moshers. It is uh the best iterate, like the best lineup of our songs that we that we've come together really has a good tempo, mm. and we're gonna be on and off the stage. We ain't gonna fuck with that uh, the stage time. Don't worry. So get two up hour, there. two hour set at most. You know, uh, in and two, out. Yeah. Dude, we did this Europe show in. Um, we did it in not Ljubljana. We did it in Sofia, Bulgaria. Great city. Where we had to play almost the entire set twice. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes they expect a longer set. We played every song that we had on the tour, which was like 14 songs. Mm-hmm. And then we did like the hits, which was like another seven. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> oh, it was fucking crazy. And hey, I like, do they like it or what? Listen, there were, I, I've, I've never seen a grown man cry because of Shadow Rome unless it's a fight. These <laughs> kids like, I, I always wanted to see this oh, band. Beautiful was, thing, bro. It's a, tr- it's a thing that made me be. I had to recalibrate my expectations for stuff that people in these beautiful places in Europe that we got to travel to, they are so much different than American hardcore kids because they see so little of some of these bands and we took so much from granite that, that, I mean, thank God that, that, that tour was almost 20 years ago because I really recalibrated everything for me 
like the year or two before I started doing um this is hardcore to like mm. European kids don't always get to see every band. It's not just you know there's a big um diaspora between the West and the Eastern, especially like the Slavic countries. Yeah, you know, you okay, start getting out there. Yeah. It's a it's a totally different world. And it, it's not me like complaining. It's like these kids were not okay with just a 14 song set. Yeah. So we're not playing a 14 song set. We're probably playing a six song set. And Fuck, uh 14. Yeah, well, one day, one day, but uh, it, it's 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 an honor always to be a part of a lineup this calibrated, and I mean that sincerely. Like when I look at the bands we just talked about, and then the bands we're about to talk about, this is the this is the bands that, I mean, Fury, Crutch, Manball, E Town, H Two O. If you would have told me like any band that I was ever going to be a part of, we're going to be peers with. Or even get to share the stage, you know, I would just be blown away. You know, like this mm. is this is a hundred percent the lineup of the nineteen nineties hardcore that all of us came to love and grew from. So I'm just happy to be a part of it. It is dope. Dude, this mm-hmm. Fury of Five, man. Fury of Five after Shadow Realm. I'm seeing it right now. Beautiful. This fucking Fury of Five, man. Yeah. They're they, killing it. They're killing it. Stickman is Going completely bananas, fucking just training and. I wish you would have seen him at the church for the the bulldoze benefit. Yeah, you know when dudes dance because they're assholes and they're just trying to like show off. Yeah, he was like honoring a band. Like I'm going to give you a mosh. Like here's a mosh. Like he was going off for freight train. He's going off for shadow realm. He was going hard for fucking bayway. He was in the for bulldoze like. What kind of shape is this guy in? I could never even do that. Like, how old is this fucking guy that he could still do this? It's it's, it's a it's a power. It's a mentality. Incredible. Incredible. And he he ain't he for the people who don't know. Stick is not a dude at home tapping away at the keys. He's uh he builds scaffolding, union yeah. scaffolder, which means climbing which several means getting up early, <laughs> working hard, climbing up and down, carrying stuff up and down. Hanging off ledges while you're trying to, yeah, like it's a difficult job. It's not like concrete, you know, they're not like that level of difficult, but it's a difficult job. And he's an older gentleman, but he's in incredible shape. Yeah, there, there's there's few younger dudes going to have his cardio. That's how it is. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not that Climo. Could have been a pro athlete, I bet, if he had a different circumstance he came up in. I think if I think that this guy has, I mean, we're going to talk about that in the next couple ones too, but I think this guy's mentality. He could have pushed himself to anything because those guys practice. Yeah. Like they are so synchronized and everything that, that that band is one of the most dedicated bands to do the entire practicing. Like the way that dedicated they practice. Dedicated to the live show. Yeah. Dude, they, they just learn how to harness it and they're going to have one of them fucking wild ass sets. Remember the demo? Fury of Five yeah. against the world. Fury of five against the world. It was like almost hypnotic. I would start like moving around like a mummy and shit. Like fucking, what do I gotta do? I gotta rob a convenience store. Like what? Dude, Fury they, of five, they, baby. They, they did it better than almost. They did it better than most people ever will. Look at that update. We're updating. We're getting there. Look. Look at that. Um, for those who aren't hip to Ill Bill, Ill Bill, to me. When he was in nonfiction, uh, nonfiction alongside there was a show it was like nonfiction and Jedi Mind Tricks at the TLA, mm. and I'm gonna tell you that Ill Bill, as far as like the New York 
he um the New York rappers of that ilk. Ill Bill has some of the craziest sixteens. You know, his verses on these Definitely, records are yeah. so good. clever. Uh the insane amount of metallic information, like me- metal information that he uses in these lines, like his flow is incredible. And it just happenstance that when we were targeting this specific date, specific date that Chris was already working with ill bill in general. And he's like, yo, we should just keep him on the bill. And this is, this is and something it turned that, out. He wanted to do it. Yeah. Like he was psyched. He was yeah. really like, yo, like I'm about it. And that's the thing is, is I hit up our man, Vinny. I'm like, Vinny, he's like, yo, to play with hardcore bands, bill will fucking love that. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, like, uh, bill, bill is hip to a lot of deep cut New York hardcore. He's not like the guy who only can reference a couple things. Deep in the heavy metal. I mean, him and him and Vinny got the side project Heavy Metal Kings, you know? Yeah. I remember hearing, just off the top of my head, mentions of Brightside, Killing Time, Brightside in his lyrics. I remember hearing, uh, you know, he has the one song, which is History of Slayer. Yes. You ever hear that? The History of Slayer. He's talking about, like, early crazy Slayer, like when... Like stuff I didn't know, Mustaine in Mega in from Megadeth in Slayer at for a short time, he mentions the skinhead stabbings at Lamores and Brooklyn's in one of his rappings. Like yo, the dude, yeah, he knows hardcore, he knows metal, and he's just you know, he, you know he he might vocally like his tone reminds me a big pun a little bit, and he's he has that lyrical. he has that delivery of pun with a like a little bit clearer. Um, clearer like presentation, like you. Yeah. Pun sometimes has words because of his inf- uh, his Spanish inflection that you're like, what's that exactly? Yeah. But he could. Bill has a real crisp, very recognizable voice, and he fucking kills anytime he gets on the mic, man. And you and gotta I, have some balls to be a rapper and play something like this. Do what? Imagine, is, imagine being in Shadow Realm and playing a whole bill of rappers, modern you know rappers, any, we're just like any, like no matter, like. You'd be like, fuck, like, even if it was like more underground rappers that might get it, it's still being the only one. You got to have some balls, son. I think that I think that it's a good it's a good segue from Fury to Ill Bill. Yeah. Into the the next the next shit. But, yo, Ill Bill, keep in mind, if you need Italian ice to jump on that mic, which you just let me know, son. He's available. I spit like a fucking dragon, son. And then we go right into the band of the hour Pennsylvania's own crutch crutch baby look at dude this. that thing looks so fucking cool so now that i physically am seeing this the this days as we said on the last episode has pressed that's a, that's a full lp correct it's an Five lp songs baby it's an lp this is a full LP. This is a full LP, Crutch 89 to 99, Aren't They the Mafia Years. It's going to be available at Keystone Jan. And when I say to you that there's a lot of imitators, there's a lot of uh, homages paid to Crutch, but there was a time when there was very few people in hardcore doing what Crutch did. And Crutch, Crutch was what wisdom is now, where if Crutch was on a big show at CeCe's, you knew the whole crowd was inside for CC's. Like, even if you didn't know Crutch, you would walk out of there because like, that band was incredible because the whole 
the whole squad, the whole PA hardcore scene, whether it's from all the way down our way, all the way up there, everybody wanted to be inside for Crutch. And so Wisdom kind of takes that role now on a lot of the big shows that we put them on. And to see you guys pull it off is going to be something special. Yeah, I mean, listen, we haven't had a lot of practices. And, uh, you know, basically that lineup that was on the back of this is the last – because Crutch had a lot of lineups. For, yeah. You know, it, but this lineup was the last live touring lineup, and that's the one that's going to be at the show. And Give us a lot the rundown. Of, Give us the rundown. I want names, everybody. Sean Battle on the drums. Wow. Who hasn't played, you know, I mean, he hasn't played with a live show like that in over 20 years. It's going to be so awesome. You know, me and Chris from Wisdom and Chains on guitar. So you know the guitar is going to be on point. On you heard point. And Mahmood was the bass player back then. Hey, he was the bass player. Yeah. And when I mentioned, like, uh, the big With Full Force Festival, that was Mahmood. That was me. That was Chris. That was Mad Joe. That was Carl vocals and Battle on the Bass. Carl, the lead singer, who's a military guy still to this day, he had to pull a couple of strings to get back out. We we talked about doing this a few times, and uh, I always told Joe and Chris, I don't think those guys would be able to do it. Not that they wouldn't want to, they wouldn't be able to. And at one time, casually talking to Carl, I was like, Oh, these guys actually said we should do a crutch thing. At some point he's like, Oh yeah, I, I would do it if I could. I was like, what do you mean? If you can, he's like, Oh, if the date is right, I would do it. And then I went back and told these guys and they said, I try to make it work. And we made it work. Now I'm not completely sold on the idea that crutch is, you know, a, a, a bigger name that the, it, the the show will be totally wild for them. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. We're definitely going to have fun either way. It's going to be fun to do it. But uh, there's a lot of young kids that are telling me, you know, they love Crutch for this reason, for that reason. They're quoting lyrics to me. They're buying expensive shirts and CDs online. So maybe there's something there. But even if there's not, for these dudes. The home team is going to be up front. You know, we're going to have fun. The home team is going to yeah. be up front. No matter we're going to have fun. And hopefully we don't sound too shitty. But uh, I think we should pull it off pretty good. You will. And uh, it's been a long time. I mean, listen, Wisdom and Chains is my band. Of course, that'd be a much easier thing. But Chris and Joe didn't ask Wisdom to play this year. So I, I don't know why, you know, Chris it's, and Joe. It's <laughs> you guys. But uh, my band's very upset about that. But we'll, we'll play this. We'll have some fun. And we'll move some records. And definitely respect to uh, Days because... It just came about like he didn't even know we were playing the show. And then he's like, he mentions putting something with Crutch out. I'm like, yo, all right, man, between you and me, we actually got a show coming off. So it'll work out. And I thought there'd be no chance of getting records by the show. But that dude, he, he, he got some connection to something. If you were to listen to the last episode, we went in detail about what oh, the you final situation. Oh, yeah. And look, see, we see what it says right there. It says made in the Czech Republic. Me and Lumpy were talking. We said. You know, normally these records aren't made in the Czech Republic, but we'll make it there, even though it's so much more expensive because we want to give those people some money. We want to give them work and we don't want to give the colonizers a job to profit off of crutch. So we want to send this this record to the I'm just kidding. Almost every record is pressed in the Czech Republic. I'm trying to make us seem like fucking good dudes, but it is what it is. So crutch will. uh We'll, we'll have a good time that night, man. And if you nah. don't know Crutch, start learning some lyrics and help us out because uh, the singer might be a little out of practice between me and you. We'll see what happens. 
<laughs> nah, you guys are gonna be great. Have, have you are you hip to the new E Town song Level Up? I I listened to it. It's cool. It's dope. Dude, I love when a band hasn't put some new shit out. Yeah, and they pick up right where they need to leave off, and it feels fresh. Where it's, it's still it's, them, but yeah. it's fresh. It is. It's a dope song, and uh, and it came out of nowhere, right? It was just all of a sudden it was out. I was like, I didn't see like you know tomorrow this will be up. Like maybe I missed some shit, but I was like, wow, that's a ballsy, ballsy move to do it like that. Oh yeah, by the way, here's a new song from your favorite band that hasn't put anything out. Yeah, it's fucking years. literally. Just just everything you would hope for from an E-Town track. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Props to E-Town. And they've been doing a lot of cool shit, man. They've just been... What's cool about them is there's no there's no middleman. There's no agent. There's no manager. No. And when they say they do it, they're like, yo, fuck it. We'll do it. Like Jamie from Cove was like, yeah, I hit up somebody who was a booking agent. And he was like, we don't have a fucking agent. And then I hit up E-Town. They're like, yeah, we'll do it. And they, yeah. and they killed it at the Codes World. Killed it. I hit up I hit up E Town on Instagram. I said, "You guys want to do?" He's like, "What's the date?" Oh yeah, we'll do it. I was like, "Cool, good enough." Yeah. Wish it was always that easy. Shattered realms like pulling teeth. They, oh, oh, talk oh, to my agent, Slimy Schleimerstein, and maybe Slimy Schleimerstein. Well, I'm like, Joe, please, could I just go through you? Like, I don't fucking deal with people like you anymore, dude. That's how it works. Talk to my fucking agent or leave me the fuck alone. That's how it works. I, I got nah, I got too Joe much going do on. That. Joe, don't do that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly in. <laughs> I I feel like the world of agents is for people who are afraid to make smart decisions for their bands, you know? Yeah. An agent comes in handy when you don't want to talk to somebody. That's what I like. If I had an agent, I would use that agent for whenever I didn't want to talk to somebody. So when somebody pushes me off their agent, I'm always like, ah, this fool don't want to talk to a brother. Okay. That's, that's how I see it. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I did I have know booking what agents in the past, and I used booking agents for strangers and people I didn't want to talk to. And and while I had a booking agent, anybody that I did like to talk to, they could just deal with me. But things change. What are you gonna do? See, here's what happens: is is you got this, you got this group of people that get quote unquote, let's say, cool or cool with this. I'm cool with this guy. If you're cool with me, and and mm. my band is something you want to do, I'm not gonna sit here and go. I need to get paid X amount of dollars. But at the same time, there was a time early on where everyone was cool and hardcore and the promoters kind of felt entitled. Hey, we're homies. I shouldn't have to pay you. Yeah. Fair market price. And it's like, if you're really a homie, cool. yeah, which is like, so I understand that some, some bands who went through that have that kind of like residual PTSD of legitimately being friends, but then also legitimately having friends be like, what you can't do me this favor, yeah. And so that's the that's probably the workaround. Um, but yeah, Etown Concrete. I mean, they could have headlined any anything at this point. Still, after the they headlined the, before, right? Yeah, what Maybe I'm saying a couple like, years back. Yeah, they, and that's the thing is, like, they legitimately could headline. But I honestly think having them in a non-headling spot just makes it stronger because they're going to hit you with a hit set. Like literally, it might just be eight songs of the top, top, top. You know, yeah. like it, it makes it more to me. It's exciting to say, what songs do they even pick if they're not playing? You know, like it's going to be. I'm always curious when a band with like with with the fandom that they have have to do it. It's going to be fucking cool as hell. Yeah, definitely. Um, not to we 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 started off talking a lot about the greats in terror, but 
you know, there's no terror without Madball. Yeah. 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 That's true. I mean, I, you know, I, I love But Madball. Vogel would say that too. Totally. You know, we had another conversation while we were uh, overseas, and this was the conversation. You don't have to, because you are a true promoter. We were in fantasy promoter situation. So if we were the promoter and we had these, we called them what the kids call legacy bands. Yeah. Terror, Sick of It All, Madball, Agnostic Front. Terror, Sick of It All, Madball, Agnostic Front. What order would you put that show in if you're the promoter? And like, but we would give like, like if we were talking to one guy, okay, you're the promoter in Chicago, in Chicago, what order do you put that set? Now you're the promoter in London. What, you know, and, and that was a fun game. So you're a promoter in Philadelphia. I don't know if you want to play this game. I'll play this you, game. Okay. In Philadelphia. What in the, it's the very honor, hard. The honor with the U, the, the British honor. Yeah should go to agnostic front for being the grandfathers. The problem is, is, and this is the great problem of all legacy bands. Uh Everybody wants the money. Nobody wants their name at the top. And specifically when the name terror is involved, everybody we've listed, maybe Madball might want to be the only band that does that, that will still say, fuck it. We'll play after terror. Mm -hmm. AF. And sick of it all's people will not let them but play listen, after Tever. Put all like that was discussed. Joe Hardcore, Joe Hardcore put, does put not all have that control. aside, and we'll say Joe has the ultimate call of this order and it's this terror ball. You, it's you, it's it's terror ball AF sick of it all, top down terror okay, ball AF sick of it all. Got you, got you. Now that is the best for business or your personal preference. That is the best for business and the best potential outcome. Okay, now what is your best for your personal preference? Same thing. Yeah, same thing. Because beautiful, I like because you because I don't see in that format anybody walking out after Madball AF or sick of it all, and everybody, all the young heads are going to be building up, building up, building up, building up. I I I wish to God, I wish I could say this with uh, not sounding like a curmudgeon here, but unless sick of it all took more songs from records that kids haven't heard records from or songs from mm-hmm. they're always going to be playing things that are just not going to be in line where Freddie Madball and AF I watched them just play nine or ten of the hit hit songs mm-hmm. what like you know like the fuck you set like we're going to play you only the hits and they yeah. drop them and they walk off if sick of it all did that into AF doing that into Madball doing that and then terror closed that's a fucking that's a dream show. Yeah. My my actual favorite dream show to talk about is the inability to ever get AF and Chromags together because the single-handed best show that I could come up with would have been Agnostic Front, Youth of Today, Negative Approach, Chromags. Chromags, mm. John Joseph Leedy, though, right? At the well, time, yeah, at the time. And it just we couldn't well, make it happen. That was that was like a dream for me. And maybe yeah. leeway earlier on. That mm. would have been that would have been like the best and most important 1980s hardcore bands all one bill. That would be dope. That would be dope. So, but that was one of the games we were playing. I thought you I love it. That I love them games. But yeah, that, that would have been mine. So we got Madball on his sucker, though. This Freddie Madball is getting some long fucking hair. I know. Come on, though, man. I love Madball, but I don't like long hair. Leave that to the metal heads. Shave your <laughs> head. 
I think it's a, you know. Hardcore skinhead, get your hair cut. Remember? Remember that? Yeah. Are you, I'm actually wondering if with this Maddie being full-time in H2O, if Maddie doesn't jump on that man Does ball he make set an appearance? Does oh, he make one? Do, do we see uh, Maddie pick up the guitar? Do it. I'll, I'll loan you my amp. Do it. Dude, I would love to see the man, the Maddie on stage with Madball for a couple yeah, tracks. Yeah, dude. One of the, my favorite guitar players right there. Such He's a cool guitar player. Iconic and, H2O, and like, I forgot till you said that. Yeah, dude. And listen, H2O got fucking hits. H2O got hits. See, this is this is the theory that I've had in the last couple of years. We do these ass-kicking bands at the end of the fest. And people just go home with black eyes, and it's kind of curmudgeon People yeah. are like, oh, that was all right. When at the end of the night, everyone's singing along, and everyone's jumping off the fucking yes. stage. The vibe is immaculate. The vibe yeah. is perfect. And by that time of night, hopefully you spin kicking dickheads or got your fucking fill, and you're ready to act like civilians and just sing along and stage dive. Sing along and smile. That's Christmas spirit. My friends look out for me like family. Help me put the star on this Christmas tree. Let's change the <laughs> fucking lyrics. Yo, what is the best H2O album? First one. Nothing to prove, nah. I actually dude. really like Nothing to Prove. That's that, um, great. I think dude, that's I love, great. Like, the songwriting on Nothing to Prove outshines the first LP by far. The, that, um, the LP is emotional for you, though. Dude, it, it, there's that track that was on a 7-inch that's towards the end. It's called High Low mm. with, the, with the palm muted. Like, you know, like It's just like I remember those tracks. I remember yeah. that. Like I remember them pre-being the TUI and whatever else you want to culturally reference of the nineties. Yes. I, I seen H2O a lot of times in smaller rooms. I actually seen them play in Beaver college, which is now called Arcadia about a couple miles from the house, like in 95 in Philly. I seen them in a lot of places. I think I was there. I think I was Dude, at that. That one. was the one with fury. And it was uh, the, yeah. the last time Henry played in E-Town because he got punched on stage. And that was the end of him. Like it was a wild show. How you doing Henry? Yeah. But it, it, the deal is, is, when it comes down to listening to H2O, there's like four tracks on Nothing to Prove that just are so fucking well written. What happened? I, the song What Happened? Oh my god. Um, they just what they, happened to the past. Yeah. When it when it's too, when it changes tempo slows down. What happened for the reason I said that? Well, dude, that's for a great me, album. That might dude, be a top top ten, maybe top five all time hardcore album for me personally well, what's crazy is it came out like 12 years after the first yes. lp yeah and it, so it, they it's came one to... of the strongest like return out like because it was I, I could be wrong but it was a pretty big gap between there was a gap they kind of were the, yeah they were kind i mean they were they did they did the big run early on they did uh thicker than water which is the second to follow up yeah then uh which is also very cool dude Some and strong then um, tracks on there they charged three dollars and thirty three cents at the Trocadero for the H two O record release of um, "Faster Than the World." We went to it. We we um, we drove from we drove to that place in um, right outside of Bethlehem, not outside of Bethlehem, outside of Allentown, that club on the hill. Remember that mm. we did. Uh, I fucking forget the name, but um, club By the uh, Planet Trog, Planet Trog. Oh, oh, not where you got maced. No, 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 that was in Reading. <laughs> that was in Altown. No, in Altown, yeah, yeah by the bridge, Alltown. remember? Yeah, by the bridge. So we go to that show at night. We stay at some girl's house. 
my car dies on Market Street on the way to the, the H2O show that day. And we just said that we left it. I literally left it on Market Street. Never picked it up. Wow. Just said, fuck that car. The putt-putt died out. But we went there for $3.33. And then there was a the, um, the Green Record. I can't remember the fucking name of the Green Record. But that was the last record for a while. And then they did Nothing to Prove. And Nothing to Prove was just fucking banger hits. Yeah. In a row, it's like boom, 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 like so um, good, like a f- great full length, beginning to end, listenable, enjoyable. Put it in the car for a long trip. Great album. The one-two punch for me is the uh, "Still Here" and then "Fair Weather Friend." Them two songs back to back. Yeah, the yeah. choruses, the the whole thing that was uh it, and and again, H two O has a huge huge history in Pennsylvania hardcore and in Philly hardcore and everywhere. They yeah. were the feel-good band. It's funny. It's like you see them with VOD. You see them with Crown of Thorns. You see them with, you know, Marauder and all these heavier bands. And yet they had people going back to, like, the legit old-school shit because it was yeah. getting a little bit away from what was earlier hardcore, so to speak. And H2O kind of pulled people back into singing along and stuff. And we got a good friendship with everybody in that band. And, you know, they don't need to do no, actually, no band now needs to do 30 day tours unless they're doing the support tour because they're trying to like make a living. You can do two day, two and three day weekends the rest of your career and do well now, which is fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see H2O come out and be a part of the whole thing. Yeah, because this is a mission for them. Like we were talking about missions for wisdom to go here, there. This is a mission for H2O. Oh, like, yeah. They leave, they're they're in leaving and out six too. in the morning. They're, they're, they're yeah. showing up. They're showing up somewhere in the middle of the, the night because um, one of the people's ch- uh, children has a birthday. They're trying to stay close to home yeah. for that. So they're basically flying in, playing. They're flying in, driving Turning to around, play, playing, getting to the hotel, and almost all of them are flying out by 6 o'clock in the morning the next day. Sick. They're going to be so, shot. And, yeah, I mean, but again, that's what you do when you're in a fucking hardcore band. And, and it's totally. great that it's great at the level and time of their career. I mean, Hate to age them guys, but I mean the band really did start off in like 1994. Yeah, they did. Uh, they were doing some. He was doing like rancid, like roadieing, but I vaguely remember getting the first seven inch between like the end of '94 and the '95. Hmm. There was a split, like two song seven inch. I think was like the first thing they put out. And dude, they've been around a really long time, especially around here. They got a really good energy, and you know what? This is the thing that I, I tell younger kids when like. Oh, you got H2O again. It's like the older you get, and if you're not a if you're not a like a every show goer or you know, you're staying up with hardcore, when you see a lineup like this that says H2O, Manball, E Town, Fury F5, do you mean my friends who I haven't seen in years? Like, Joe, it's been a long time, but I have to I'm gonna take my kid to the show. Like, yeah. how many times did, how many times did people say to you, Oh, I brought my kid to this show? And it's just fucking yeah, you know what? I, I just double checked. 94 was the demo and and 95 was that seven inch. That's the one that has, that's the mm. one that has the high low song on it. Wow. So 94 official kind of beginning. Yeah, That wow. was the demo came out. I remember, I remember because so they're coming on 30 years of existence here. Yeah. Heads, heads who went to the sick of it all rancid shows. We're talking about them. That's when the demo was first started. Like I heard it in someone, I heard it in somebody's car because they mm. went up to the city garden show for that. And then I remember '95, the seven inch dropped, and they were and, so big in PA. Like, well, they, they start. Well, they started off. They had that song, "I Know Why," and it, it the on the on the record it says "Temperature," but on the um on the LP it says uh, "High Low." 
Ooh, it's just like one of the fast little fucking, you know, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And they remember and them they, at the truck in their prime. It was like, dude, they were the biggest band in hardcore. They were on, they were on, uh, what's, what show were they on? The fucking, not the David Letterman. Reason? No, like back in the day, they were on like oh, one of the did, late um, night shows. Connor O'Brien and all that. Con- whatever his name is. Connor O'Brien. Uh, Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Whatever. Conan O'Brien Colin, show. Yeah. 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 They were on a Conan O'Brien show with all the gears so, stickered up with mad ball stickers. And so, st- so here's the gimmick. I just went back and forth with everybody about this because someone said to me, dude, I mean, hardcore is the biggest it's been ever. I said, nope. I said, maybe on the internet. I said, you know, where 12 billion plays might get you $100 million if you're Taylor Swift, but nobody else. Yeah. I said, Manball could play the truck and sell it out. Sick of it all could sell it out. H2O could sell it out. VOD could sell it out. Yeah. You know, like there's a 1,200 person room. Hardcore shows are big and people definitely go and there's a lot of people, but there was a time in that nineties, man, where there was 1000 people in the room often like a 1000 person room is something bigger than the average hardcore show is now. And I I would go see sick of it all at city garden sold out. I would see him at the truck sold out. I would say all those bands sold places out and biohazard came around. Everything was fucking sold out. Everything they did. Yeah. It was, there was big bands back then and like a handful of them, you know, like, and then a lot of sub level bands that were easily doing five, seven, 800 people themselves in other venues, you know? Yeah. It just, it, it, the, the easy thing that people do is they take what they know or they think they know when they, they broadcast like, this is the biggest it's ever been. It's like, yeah, I guess with the internet, if you want to argue that, the reach is there, but organically, more people actually physically paid money for tickets. More people bought physical copies of records. More people bought physical merch items. Yeah, that's when you say records. I mean, if if I mean you had bands that were selling a hundred thousand records, hardcore yeah. bands like that's when's that going to happen again? You know, I mean, Turnstile well, is a, the... a complete anomaly. But other than that, you know, well, I mean, it's it's easy when you transcend the sound. Yeah, and you're able to get into like a bigger hemisphere, but I mean, again, they're they're paying more money too. You know, they got to yeah. pay every. I mean, the bills. I I don't even want to think what a bill would be to have a. You can't meagerly play a tour bus. I remember friends talking about being offered tour bus tours, not in Europe where you get like these hardcore bands split it, but being on a tour bus tour, and just the logistics. Like they obviously give the opening bands enough money to cover the head. Yeah. But the opening band isn't isn't walking with a lot because they're. I mean, you can ask Jamie Code Orange when they did Suicide Boys tour. You know, like mm. they're part of it, but they're not. They're not. They're not eating from the cream of the crop. You know, they're getting the bottom yeah. of the bowl. You know, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, no, hardcore is definitely in a good spot, but yeah, I don't know if it's the biggest it's ever been, but it's definitely in a great spot. I think there's more really good bands now than almost ever before the demos the demo like the punishment demo and a lot of demos sound so fucking bad it was really hard to record and you had to record with strangers that had gear that they didn't know how to use that charged a lot of money and didn't like your music like we had to we had to record with people that didn't like heavy music like yeah they would just tune out they just (laughs) they would take your money you know yeah it was like all right this your guitar is supposed to sound like this be like huh what they didn't give a fuck eventually people within our scene the people who are recording these bands now are from back then basically and you know doing and they they turn to love it you know people putting out labels now you know 
It's like there are people that love it. But back then, you were dealing with even the show promoters. There was barely any dudes that liked hardcore that promoted shows no, in real no. clubs. They were, you, they were what we call the talent buyers. Yeah. So you had when you played real club, they didn't like hardcore. They didn't like you. They weren't. No, they were you. worried about the. They're worried about graffiti on the walls. They're That's worried about it. young, the yeah. straight edge kids not drinking. They'd bitch about everything. Yeah. So the hall shows, yeah, a hardcore dude like Joe or Mahmood, they would rent out a hall. But if you're playing any legit clubs back then, like like who's the, the old guy that got punched by stick man those places they hated hardcore kids yeah the show dudes were the, the bird show had some of the worst security in the history i said i love i love the internet facebook world of waxing nostalgically and forgetting the part where like oh yeah this is where the fucking the tattooed dickhead bouncers would jump off and try to fight the whole hardcore scene yeah. you know like that whole thing i mean granted i mean these younger kids they can't fight their way out of a paper bag you know, oh, challenge, challenge, uh, challenge. I'm there. Oh, shit, I'm my... there. Limo, come in, come at me, Clemo. Damn, son. D block, son. D block, D block, D block looks like they're the security. <laughs> D block look like security from back then. <laughs> they do, like, they look like they're about to like a the recently retired Marine. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's the deal is with these guys when it comes to it is. They they wax nostalgically on one end of it, like oh that was a great venue. Yeah, it was a great venue, but yeah. uh, every hardcore show, the bouncers decided that they were just going to start fights with us. And then it, yeah. the, you know the bands we get told every time we have a show for you motherfuckers or fights, maybe if your bouncers stop fucking swinging on everybody, maybe that wouldn't be the case, you dickhead. Totally. And bands back then, like you know smaller bands, they could they could get three hundred, five hundred people in these places. And uh, they're lucky they got a hundred bucks at the end, <laughs> hundred and fifty bucks at the end of the night. So and that's because that's another reason why the rise of that whole booking agent thing. Yeah, totally, totally. Now that I look back and now that I have some experience in booking shows, I mean, like you said, Crutch could do something at CCs and you could get 350, 400 people there. And uh, you know, what was what was Vince giving you? Like two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks. Dude. The two hundred would be insane. We would have been like bugging if we got handed two hundred bucks for real. You know, and he was a friendly promoter. You know, he yeah. was semi-friendly, and he had one ba- member, Rocco the Bouncer, who kind of held back. And Rocco was half a metalhead, but he didn't yeah. really get hardcore. But he was all right. But most places just weren't friendly and weren't excited about booking hardcore shows. It was something like because they had a dead date they wanted to fill, and they wanted some. Well, that's why so many shows were middle of the week. Yep. So like Bill's Bar in Boston. Gave Jeremy and a couple other people Monday nights at Bill's Bar for hardcore shows. Yeah, Monday nights with a spit in the fucking face. Well, well, Boston turned it into a spot like, hey, if you got a tour, come up on a Monday night. They made they made lemon. What is it? They made lemonade out of lemons, right? Yeah, yeah. Richie, speaking of, speaking of that, I just bought Turkey Hill lemonade. Oh my oh. god, dude! The fucking iced tea is crack cocaine, dude. Yeah. The, do you like the mix? The iced tea. Yes. Uh, yeah. Turkey Hill got good shit. Another Pennsylvania gem right there for people that don't know. This Wawa, this Wawa is in cahoots to keep Turkey Hill away from PA, from Philly. Oh, there's nothing close down there? It's Hatboro. It's Hatboro. I think Horsham one closed. Bob Wilson would know better, but you got to well, I'd go. rather have a Wawa store than a Turkey Hill store, but all of the grocery stores are filled with Turkey Hill products. I love it. Turkey we Hill ice even, cream is top notch. The, the, the ice cream is the one thing that they can't keep us from. No, they got you out of Turkey Hill ice cream. Yeah, so it's good. it's it is top notch. Yeah. Richie, can I ask you, does this does this thing of, that we do, do you ever get tired and say, Should I take up golf? Do you ever say to yourself, like, 
you know, if this next thing doesn't happen with hardcore, I want to do this. I mean, you're a father, you're a husband, you're very, you're getting very close because of the years you have in your union where you don't have to go out and strut it so much. Like, is there a moment in your head where you feel mentally like, I don't know how much time I got left in this fucking, this hardcore shit, or you get excited when we do shit like this? You know how I don't remember anything? I don't remember a lot of stuff. It's because yes. I put no interest in things that I've already done. I'm already psyched on. I'm super psyched on Keystone Holiday Jam. That's what I'm psyched about. I'm psyched on a show we got coming up finally at Preserving Hardcore out in Pittsburgh. What so, day? So the first time I could see that. It's in January sometime. I, I'm not sure. I, I think you're playing be a flyer. the 12th. I think you're doing the 12th in uh, New York, right? Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited about that because I never been to that venue, the Meadows in Brooklyn, with Sheer Terror for his birthday. That's gonna be fun. I'm always thinking like, what's the next thing? And I'll as soon as something be happens, sword fighting that day or the, as it come out, that would be dope. But listen, sword fighting is your thing. I don't have that thing. All right, my life is hardcore. You have all these other things. You part time it. That's fine. Part time for me. <laughs> no, <teasing laughs> but, but no, I, yo, I'm always looking like what's next. What's oh, what's the next event? What's the next show? Where am I going next? What am I going to record next? So, yeah, I don't see myself going anywhere, but I like this is what I like. And like that record I just held up. 89. You know, and I was going to shows before that, but 89 is when I recorded my first song. I, you know, fantastic. Why, yeah, why would I fucking stop? I'm still trying to record a good one. When I record a good one, I may be satisfied and say, okay, good, I'm good. But from 89 till now, still searching for that good song, baby. Still looking forward to recording. You know what just happened, too? An anniversary of the Post-America podcast. Ten years. Are you guys bringing that shit all the way back? What do we got to do here? You know what? Like I told you, my uh, stuff got blown up when I had lightning. What do you call it? Thunder or lightning? What hits? Yeah, lightning. You get lightning, and then you get the surge from the lightning. Okay, that fucked up a lot of my gear and my interface my computer a lot of cables fried my tv in the bedroom so the podcast got totally put on hold this is the first time i'm back with a new interface the ur22 mk2 from steinberg my old one is the ur44 which is a little better one but listen you got to do what you got to do we had the 44 when we used to do a lot of live stuff so it has four inputs. This one has two inputs. So I'm back. I'm going to start doing the podcasts again. But yeah, I, it just came up on my memories. The first episode, it was 10 years ago in of November, in November. And uh, it's fucking fantastic. And without you, put me on on how you guys do with the SoundCloud and all. I never would have did be able to do this specific podcast. You are still the the fucking champion that helped me push this thing out, man. Listen, and again, man. most requested guest in the history mm-hmm. of this. Earth. When are you gonna bring Richie back home? When are we gonna bring Richie back home? Hey, Richie's back, baby. Back with a bang. He came back. Or as Murphy's Law says, back with a bong. We always keep it hardcore with the references. I but love fuck it. it. We told the people what's up. You gotta get your tickets. It's gonna be a party. It's coming up less than two weeks away. Reading PA, home of the brave, say the wrong thing, catch an early grave. Everybody knows those lyrics. And it's going to be tattoos, music for those devils and heathens that drink. That's available to you for the straight edge. The, the gospel is there in the house with H2O headlining straight edge to this day. 
So we got we got it all that day. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hardcore Christmas celebration, holiday, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all wrapped into one. It's gonna be peace and love and security. We're gonna forget about the outside world and all the evil, devilish things going on in society, and we're gonna celebrate among our own with our own tribe. I'm just trying to pull up in our in our in our quiet group text all the uh the tattooers. Do you have that list? Find in two seconds because I'm organized. He may have sent it. Yeah, we got uh yeah, I do got that list. Let me check that shit. Cause I remember Troy made a dope flyer. Troy really did a lot of the leg work. Troy Mort, great tattoo. Troy Mort does great art, always does cool shit for Keystone Jam. Altuna hardcore dude. Altuna was holding it down literally almost fucking over 25 years ago. They were doing crazy shows, and then even Punishment played there in the early 2000s. Like, they always hold it the fuck down, man. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's got some new new music he sent me the other day. Sounds really fucking cool. Same he's band or new band? New band, actually. So here awesome. we got the tattoo. We got... Let me just show you real quick how it looks. So looking for that flyer. I don't like to do that. Um, but, yeah, but I'll yeah. say it to you. Keystone Holiday Jam Mini Tattoo Convention Artist Lineup. Troy Mort, who we were just talking about, Scott Denhalter, John Barnhill, Frank Zedek, Tyler Quick. Ooh, that's a cool name, Tyler Quick. Mike Hooligan, the very, yeah. our very own, Hard Times Tattoo. James Strandell, Justin Gerald, Cheech White. Cheech White, oh, that's hard. He probably does cool California script. Reverend Wes, another dope name. Adam Aker, Hawk. Nice Trey. Nice tray. I like that. Jeff Zales. Wait, Z- Jeff Zalesak. Zalesak? I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm fucking your name up. Jeff Zalesak. I'll say it like that. Zach Lieberman. Joe Figelski. Dario Filippini. And Ryan Schaefer all set up with their booths, all ready to do tattoos. And if you want that free pass, hit up Joe Harcourt. Say, I'm down to let Richie tattoo me, and we'll put you on a list, and I'll give you a tattoo. I'll tell you what, I'll give you a mush mouth tattoo. I'll give you this tattoo right here with stick figure guys fighting and the mu- and the mush mouth script. That's fucking fantastic. The, fucking the, uh, again, to reiterate, the reason why we went ahead and we got the tattoo element is a lot of times people go to tattoo conventions, and it's kind of full of herbs. Dorks. You don't even like, want to be there. It's just annoying people. The lines are through the fucking roof. And, you know, there's yeah. something special about the connection that we have with all the great tattooers in the area and in the local hardcore scene. And we're trying to pull that shit together because why why go to the big ones where you got to stand in line for 45 minutes just to talk to the guy when you can walk right in, get something cool. And 100%. I'm telling you, it, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. One last thing to mention for those who did not listen to the episode with Lila. Our friend Lila is doing a spread the warmth. Do you remember? Do you hear that podcast episode, Richie? No, I got to check that one warmth. out. Spread the warmth, Saturday, December 16th. This is going to be carried on between Lila, who runs her own specific not for profit, which mm. is Be Blessed. And she's working alongside an old PA hardcore guy, uh, Chris Brickhouse, who has his own. It's called Better Days Ahead Outreach. Been Together. Doing a lot of good stuff. Together, they are going to be uh, 
they're going to be collecting at the venue sleeping bags, winter coats, tents, gloves, blankets, socks, backpacks, scarves, and warm clothes and hand warmers. And um, this is the for people who need it. You know, there's yeah. there's there's people who are without houses. There are this is a rough time. Not everybody's making it in these Biden economic times. Richie, you know, what's Yo, that remind bus me about seventy five dollars a side. So forget it. But remind me about that because I got mad shit I could donate. Yo, and my shit all the, got flavor. The, so we'll have you, some homeless dudes with some flavor rock, good, rocking good. like old FUBU jackets and everything. I got that shit. What was it? Uh, Pele. What was it? Pele what? Pele Pele. Double Pele. Pele. And yeah. then there was. Uh, yeah. Get, there's. Uh, I got Perry Ellis shit. Perry Ellis. Cardan. Yeah. I got I got like I used to work at Perry Ellis outlet. Damn. Uh, yeah. I used to have the dope jackets. And my homie, uh, Peppy, you know, Peppy, he used to work a couple of stores down at the Tommy Hilfiger outlet. That's why they were always decked out. We always had the gear. Living proof. Yeah. Living proof decked out. Now we know why. Yeah. He, we, that, the big bubble, silver bubble Tommy Hilfiger jackets back then. All these other herbs was wearing their Jenko dirty ass wet bottom jeans. We was wearing Tommy Hilfiger, baby. See, I you thought heard. it was just mad cold in Stroudsburg because you dudes were always bubble vested up. Yeah, it was, it was much colder, though. It's cold. Like, Stroudsburg, not so much, but Mount Pocono, kind of like that area, That was that gets real cold up there. Dude, it, it could is, be June, and, and, and Erica and Jotham would show up with bubbles. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, Erica, forgot about her, man. What if Erica she'll show Mahady. up? I would love to see her. It'd be great. Why don't she show up, man? Damn, man. Bringing the names back. Yeah. This is this is important for people who may not have the greatest family relationship, or maybe they don't have family relationships at all. But hardcore is a family you as much family. as you may not like it. And there's a time to get together, have a good time, see some bands, eat some food. The venue has some dope food. I'm being serious. This isn't like some salesmanship. I I I truly enjoy eating the venue food, which is something I normally don't do. Yeah, but straight no, it's up, a cool place to chill. Dude, and, it's and, a good place. And, yeah, and if you did want to eat. The uh, Burke's, uh, was, no, what's it called? It was Burke's, I think, right? Burke's Tavern, like across the street. Great food. I guess so. That, yeah, too. I guess. I, you know, Oh, the spot across the gimmick. That's like, really The little good. parking lot. Yeah, I've never even been in. Yo, you order wings and you get Chicago style. Plus, if you order wings, you can say, I want all wings or all the legs or all the whatever the, the fucking. The flats. The arms or flats, yeah. Flats. And then if you get Chicago style, they put it over fries but with whatever flavor wing you got all mixed together. And at that place, I think it's called Burke's, and it's it's a good spot. They, but right in the venue, them. you got mad food, you got good drinks, you got you got great bartenders. It's all hardcore people. It's like like Joe said, it's like a family event. Like this is no bullshit. This is no goofiness. We're they not don't rent, renting out some some facility filled with strangers or people that don't like us. This is our thing. You know, it's your thing. That's it. So right, you, basically, December 16th, we're telling you to come home for the holidays. So one more time, Wisdom and Chains is playing January 12th at the Brooklyn Meadows. Yes. For the Sheer Terror, Paul Bearer's birthday? His birthday. And Liberty and Justice playing from Texas. Yeah, from Texas. Fantastic, yes. guys. Yes. Fantastic. And, Anything- and in June, uh, January also... Uh, I'm not positive of the date. I forget offhand, but uh, I think he said uh, AJ is going to put out a flyer like next week. So preserving hardcore, we're going to go out there. I think with D Block and Steel Nation is on that too. I think. Wow, that's a band we got to get on one of them Keystone Jams. These young kids yeah. fucking love with Steel Nation. 
Yeah, so that's coming up in January too. Love. Um, January 12th is a busy fucking time. We're going to have all else failed at the Polish club. We're also going to be dropping a flyer for that, dropping a whole ass lineup. The week before, we'll be all in Florida for Bobby Wilson's FYA. Wow. This motherfucking Bob, man. What's that stand for? Fuck your attitude. Really? Warzone. Yeah, yeah, I Warzone. never knew that. Wow, nice. Yeah. Well, I like that. Dude, Bob's as legit as it gets. He'll yeah. never quit. Bobby Dubs, huh? Bobby Dubs. PA, a, a young PA hardcore legend. Yeah. Well, he, how old he, is he now? He's getting up there. He's not quite 40, but he ain't quite 30. He's like a mid mid range legend, like he's yeah, mid range category. He looks twenty seven, but yeah. he's older. Okay, he might start getting the record for the most amount of bands fronted by anybody in PA hardcore. Could you name more than four right now? Yes. Go. Letdown, Mother of Mercy, Malice at the Palace, Beware, Off the Tracks. Wow. Okay. Fuck. This motherfucker's out there. He says, "Up, oh, scene needs a new band. All right, I'm on it." Boom. Fuck, I like that. Kid is a busy kid. Yeah, dude, listen, that's his whole, the, the last two bands, like, he was kind of like, well, there was no band in the area like this, so I said, we need more oh, openers. So good, I like that. It's good attitude. Yeah, positive, positive with a nice next, little angry Next touch. band he does, you want to bass me on guitar. Ah, dude would love it. Would Chubby Fresh on it. drums. Dude, that would, that would make, I would do it tomorrow. My, Chubby my, Fresh, my, you listening? My, 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 my Jewish brother. <laughs> Chubbs, Chubbs is sending me some uh, cookies from from the uh, this great uh, Cleveland bakery. Uh, Corbo's is called. Got him in the. He sent them before. Then he, he just sent another box out. Sent, sent me confirmation. Good old Chubbs, misunderstood guy. Good guy. Misunderstood. Tony Pines. Anthony Pines. Or uh, Pines. Penis. Pines. It's pronounced penis. I think actually <laughs> penis. Tony Penis. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up, yo. But come out to the show, please, everybody. Um, I got a word from G. He said he's available. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow night, if not Thursday. Tomorrow night's the Christmas party. Let's shoot for Thursday for Rule of Three. Oh, yeah, give me a reminder. Do it. Well, do tell it. your secretary to hit me up on Instagram. I'm gonna have my secretary get a hold of both of you. She takes Dude. care of all of it. Great, great. Thank All you right. once again. I appreciate it, it Joe. All right, man. Take care. We always do good stuff. I'll talk to you soon, bro. That was another great episode with my brother Richie, the godfather of Pennsylvania hardcore. Come out and celebrate Keystone Hardcore Jam. Support the tattooers. Support the awesome fucking bands. Especially for those of you who aren't really holiday type people. Great time to come out, watch some bands, see the UFC shit. Hang out, kick some people. Let's have a blast together. TIHC Podcast. I'll see y'all at Angel Dust. If not, I'll see you at Keystone Jam. Have a good night.